Holman, I was excited to get away from work today for reasons that I will soon explain, but then I end up in a studio with you and you're, you're making the same kind of guttural noises that um, I was trying to escape uh, at the office. I'm sorry. So uh, what happened at the office that uh, has you down, buddy? Well, it's just weird that... So I went from a radio station years ago. I was there for, what, 25 years? Uh-huh. And there was always music in every hallway, in every office. And it, it, it basically... It overpowered all the small, like, bodily noises <laughs> that people... Uh, so now... Living. Living, now listen, in my office... Life is not pretty. Now in my life office... Life is a disgusting thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so I hear everything now. Uh-huh. You could hear a pin drop in my office. Uh-huh. It's so. I have two people that I work with. Their headphones what are their on. Names? Not saying. What are their Instagram handles? Their, their head. The headphones are on and they're working. Uh huh. All right, and they're typing, they're drawing, they're whatever, doing their stuff on on, on the computer. Yeah. And all of a sudden, here this is. <laughs> excuse me. And I and I think. Wait a minute. Are they even aware of the outside world, or are they just in their own little zone? I don't know, but the fact that a burp, like, surprises them. Freaks me out. Like really? I know a burp is coming. Uh-huh. You know a burp is coming. You know when your body is going to do something. It's so weird to me that two of these guys they don't. I don't think they hear each other, but I'm between them, and I all of a sudden That's awkward. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I don't sit right between the ones five feet away in this direction. Another guy's seven feet away in this direction, and all of a sudden this guy in seven feet away just says, "It's like oh, excuse me." What, that, what does that have to do with me? Uh, the fact that you ate sushi uh, like seven hours ago and now you're smelling up the room with sushi burps. Well, I I can't help it. I figured it would have been uh, it would have been digested just, by just now. Swallow it down. Like no, it's down there. It's not it's not it's stuck anywhere. Up. I don't think. I just <laughs> Dr Pepper and sushi. It's, it's an interesting awful. combo. It just smells. smells I love sushi. What can it I tell sounds you? Sounds and smells horrid. <laughs> sushi and well, Dr. Pepper just like, I mean, this room's not that small. It's about uh, 14 by 10. Sure, but you and I are sitting 30 inches from each other. No, it's more than that. I can't even, I can't touch you with my arm reached out. <laughs> I, if we both reach out, we're touching each other. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. I know, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not gross, though. Uh, Nissan Titan? Well, I was going to say the show. Oh, no, this show's going to be This show's going to be awesome. It is going to be great. But yes, Nissan Titans are also not gross. No. No, not at all. In fact, I love Nissan's Titan. Do you now? I do. Did you know that they have the best in-class standard 8-inch screen with Apple CarPlay? Yes, and you get a 9-inch screen on the 20s as well as an upgrade. Is that true? Yes, the command center is massive. The, basically, the thing I love about the Titan is the base model does not feel like the base model. You get a nice big screen. It's the biggest standard so screen, what you're and you get even term, bigger. Hence the term standard right. that I yeah, said out loud and right. yet didn't comprehend. Right. I was looking at you going, it says right there. Their website's up to date. In fact, their website has all sorts of things like where you can find a 20. So why don't you go to NissanUSA.com, <laughs> build in price, spec sure. out your Nissan Titan, uh-huh. five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, 5.6-liter endurance V8. You can get it in With a- With 413 pound-feet of torque, dude. And 400 horsepower. Yes. Most standard uh, V8 horsepower class as well. Yes. And a big old sunroof and zero gravity seats and all sorts oh, of stuff. I forgot that the 20 has that panoramic roof. Mm. It's bonkers how huge it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Huh. No, it's a, it's a nice truck. We have, I think ours is coming next week, so uh, we'll be able to spend some time in it. And we, I guess we should jump just right in and, and, and thank our other sponsors like Decked. Uh, Decked. Those guys make, um, oh, cargo solutions for your truck bed or a van. Yeah. So they're sliding drawers. And made out of industrial strength plastic. And then you can put 
uh, 2,000 pounds on top of it. So And you can get optional locks. They've got ammo cans in the corner. You can uh, put your drink there. It's got like a tread pad. Bottle openers. Tie things down on it. They're and dustproof, and waterproof. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. I would use that ruler all the time. For you what? Use it like when you go fishing? Uh, no, just measuring to, my to see how to see, <laughs> to see how long your bass is? Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> of all the bass fishing you do? Is that a euphemism? No. Oh, okay. I, mean, I guess it is now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens if uh, your manhood is affected by a check engine light? Well, let me tell you something, friends. Don't cover that check engine light up with a piece of electrical tape. Oh, we talked about that on the last episode. <laughs> Instead, just don't be that guy. Head over to Innova.com and I-N-N-O-V-A, check Innova, out. Innova.com. And check out their line of awesome diagnostic scan tools that will help you not only clear your codes, but diagnose them as well with a great online library of all the fixes other people have come up with to clear that code themselves. It's uh, like having a technician in your toolbox. Did you almost forget the line? Uh, and then I looked for it because well, I normally have it to my you, left. You kind of paused. And it wasn't there. And I went, well, I'm going for it. <laughs> you did. Well, it came out as a dramatic reading uh, is what happened. It was a dramatic <laughs> because I almost messed it up? <laughs> exactly. No, you got it. I-N-N-O-B-A, Innova.com. So as little as $100 for the dongle that connects to your iPhone or Android. Can I try uh, that again? Sure. It's like having your own personal automotive technician in your toolbox. Say it a little more sing-songy and smoother. Ready? Go. It's like having your own personal automotive technician in your toolbox. You chose a lot of odd syllables. I don't know. I, my syllables? Yeah. Hey, check this out. You can also get them at AutoZone, O'Reilly's, Advanced Auto Parts. So check out Innova.com, I-N-N-O-V-A. Now that we've rid you of that pesky check engine light, yeah. we should tell you that Brian Loans is coming up. Now, wait, Brian, wait, the Brian Loans? The Brian Loans. I like that now, guy. Now, if, if they haven't heard the name. They would know him as the voice of NHRA. Uh, Diesel Power. Diesel Power Challenge. Yep. Yep. They would know him. Uh, Bankshift. Yep, bankshift.com. Great website. Yeah. By the way, uh, Brian has uh, a little of everything going on, so I'm just happy that he was able to uh, make the time to come join us to uh, yucks over here. He also has a podcast. Yeah, he's quite the storyteller from what I understand. Uh, he is. So I'm excited to have Brian on. And we also have uh, a good friend, Tim Colty from Garrett Turbos to talk about turbocharging, and then now, he's got a special guest. Now, wait a guest. second. Yeah, so he's got Scott Birdsall from Chuckles Garage. Yep. And the only reason I know Chuckles Garage... Because you watch a lot of YouTube. Because I watch a lot of the YouTube, and he had his old Smokey F1... Yeah, that thing's badass. ...on Hoonigan. Yes. And I think it's 1,200 horsepower. It might be more by now. Okay. Uh, I know he's trying to uh, set a Pikes Peak world record for a diesel-powered vehicle, and I think in the uh, exhibition or unlimited class or something That's like that. That's easy. Whatever. Yeah, right. All right, well, so we're going to talk to him as well. All right, well, on that note, let's get this thing started! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show oh, oh. It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman who? I turned your uh, mic down a little bit because I knew you were going to destroy the intro. I didn't destroy Again. the intro. You tried. No, I didn't. You were like, whoa, whoa. 
No, that, whoa, was, whoa. that was my normal. That's just how it comes out. No, there's no uh, shenanigans behind that. How it comes out, like all the smells at the same time. You're having a bad nose day. You know what you need to do? You need to go nose blind when you come over here. Nose blind. <laughs> yes, you just need to need to put a clothespin on the tip of that. That yeah. sounds like a, an old, like late '70s Kiss song. <laughs> nose blind. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. Hey, uh, before we get into the show and before we call Brian, because mm-hmm. I'm super excited to have Brian on. Uh, we have to remind people that we are going to be at the Four Wheeler Adventure Expo March 7th and 8th at the OC Fair and Events Center. I think that's right. That's a tongue twister. Uh, yeah. Yes. OC Fair and Events Center. A mouthful. Costa Mesa, California. Basically mm-hmm. where they have the OC Fair. And uh, you can go to fourwheeler.com and uh, pre-register. Use Truck Podcast and you'll get a discount to uh, pre-reg. But that's not the most important thing we want to share. We are going to do a listener meetup at the Four Wheeler Adventure Expo at the main stage Saturday, March 7th at 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. So we're going to be recording the show there. We're going to be meeting with our listeners. The whole show? Are we doing the whole show or just parts? I think so. No, I think we're going to to do the show there. Oh, man, really? It's going to be awesome. In front of people? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a disaster. No editing. We're going to upload it from, <laughs> oh, from there. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so check this out. Uh, if we owe you a T-shirt, mm-hmm. I'm giving you the opportunity. If you show up at the Four Wheeler Adventure Expo, March 7th and 8th, we will give you a T-shirt. Yeah, buddy. And <laughs> even if we don't owe you a T-shirt and you show up and uh, you say uh, the crow squawks as the turtle turns his head at midnight, we'll still give you a T-shirt. I don't think we make them say anything. You just they say, just, hey, lightning hole, what's up? Oh, is that that's the code that's word? It. No, they just say, hey, "What's up, guys?" And they get oh, like your show. Okay, whatever. if they say that, they get a sticker. <gasps> if Wait you a put minute. the extra effort no, into it, no, 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 stop. Okay, what? Stop, stop. Yeah. Summer time. They have to walk up yeah. with their apple and or show us that they gave five us five star stars. Review. Yes. Okay, that's it. Yes. Come on down, Coast Base, California, March seventh and eighth. Show us a five star review or do it in front of us on your phone, and we will hand you. The precious and limited edition Truck Show Podcast T-shirt. I mean, those things are worth hundreds of dollars. In that whole box, yeah, probably. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you say we uh, give old Brian Loans a call? You've got the phone. You're gonna have to dial. Hello, Mr. Brian Loans. What's going on? Hey. Lightning and Home hey, and Truck Show on, Podcast. Man? How you doing, dude? Good. How are you guys doing? Your phone, uh, it uh, it's not great. Doesn't Should love we... us. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Let, me see, let me see if I can move here. Are you also imagining Brian moving around? I am. I yes. am ready. Yes. Are you wearing it's pants? A, a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay, Ooh. let me try this. Is this is this getting better? Way that's, better. That's much better. All right, now you're deserving okay. of the intro. Don't move. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who this? Who this? Truck show represent. Who this? Yes. Now, here, here's the thing about Brian. <laughs> uh-huh. Brian makes us look like chump change because Brian is a real broadcaster. Well, Brian uh, Brian started out as one of us-ish, and then he blew up, and he got big. And so, <laughs> you know, the man, physically, who, the man who needs no yeah. introduction. Because it, it's what happens when you're good, Holman. But, but I'm going to give him an introduction anyway. Oh, you're going to do yeah, the, yeah. the proper do you wanna, intro? Do you want to go through the, uh, the, the list here? I think so. How about the... Uh, uh, NHRA Wait. national announcer on uh, Fox Sports One. 
How about uh, host of the NHRA Insider Podcast? Yes. How Ooh. about the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Bankshift.com? Mm-hmm. How about a host on uh, many motor trend programs such as Put Up or Shut Up? Mm-hmm. Uh, freelance automotive journalist who has contributed to uh, Diesel Power and other great magazines here. At the, Hundreds uh, of stories. Uh, motor Trend Empire. Uh, how about uh, Robert E. Peterson uh, Award recipient in 2018. I don't even know what, who he is or what that is. I just It's way more than either of us have on our resume. All right. <laughs> All of that is fabricated. <laughs> the, the, the crowd's going wild. So, <laughs> so you might remember him. People might be saying, oh, why do we have Brian on the truck show? He does all this drag racing stuff. Well, Brian Loans, my friend, is... Uh, He's the voice of Diesel Power Challenge. Yes, and he's really good. So that's the first kind of interaction that I had with him up in uh, in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, "This is what a a, a real a real broadcaster." Did like. you do the whole thing where you <laughs> yeah. walked up to him and you put your fingers on his Adam's apple just so you can feel the vibrations of his uh, no. announcer voice? What? <laughs> no, Brian, hold still, just talk. Did you do that? <laughs> that happens. That happens so often. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. we were at MPMC, and we we've had a lot of listeners who they like to tell us like what guests we should be, you know trying to get on the show and one name that comes up all the time is Brian Loans and so I posted a picture and I'm like why (laughs) (laughs) no not that he's not cool he's a rad dude but it's like what does he have to do with trucks other than DPC he has a power wagon as the cover photo on his Twitter shut the front door that should be enough for you really yeah, he does. Okay. So I, I take a picture of him at SEMA. As With your hand on through. his Adam's apple? No, that's weird. Okay. Uh, and uh, after hours, and it's like It him. was way lower. Yeah, yeah, right? Oh, geez. <laughs> him and Freiburger and somebody else walking through, and uh, people are like, yeah, have him on. So, of course, we ignored the uh, pleas of our listeners, and then we were at MPMC, and I post another picture. Why don't you have Brian on? And it's like, yeah, we should probably do that by now, huh? And so uh, somebody had walked in the elevator. You just don't care about our listeners. No, I love them. And uh, Brian and I were in the rate. Uh, we're in the uh, elevator just talking about, I don't know, a radio podcast announcery stuff. And at that point, did you put your hand on his Adam's yeah, apple? Yeah, totally. And some guy walks in. He goes. There's too much big voices in this elevator for me. And then he walked out. It was super weird. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your intro, dude. <laughs> Welcome to Turkey Podcast. No, I like it. It was that is that is the uh, the twisted road that got us to this moment. How? Yes. how what? Uh, why? How? What? I, I mean, I've known you for obviously I don't know ten, twelve more years. Like, yeah. I uh, vacationed in uh, in Boston near your uh, your your love in your lovely Massachusetts, where you completely yes. ignored me and my family and did not go out to dinner like you promised. So you still owe me uh, an evening out. But I don't hold any grudges, of course. Um, oh, no. No grudges. No grudges. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get to the East Coast too often. And when I do, I want to, I want some, uh, you know, Brian Loans in my life. Well, hey, listen. You had seafood. You didn't, uh, you know, catch botulism. I think, you know, you came out ahead. Really. I did. I, did. I really did. <laughs> he had uh, seafood t- today, and it's coming up, and it's and I can smell it. And uh, oh, I had no sushi for lunch. It's and not good. It's now like uh, seven hours past uh, lunch, the lunching hour, mm-hmm. and I have uncontrollable uh, uh, depressurization. <laughs> and it's yeah. weird because you're, like <laughs> you're like the human version of Janice that heated up her fish in, it, a, in a company break room. Yeah, <laughs> it's like shouldn't that stuff be done by now? I like your term. By the way, depressurization. Thank you. Yes, I was. I was trying to. Uh, I was trying to soften the blow for our sponsors. So the who problem is, listen to our the show. problem is, your body is depressurizing, but our room is pressurizing. Is the door, yes, the door shut. Yeah, but let's be and honest. We, that's also because of all the hot air that comes out of you. No, it's not me. It's coming out. Uh, we're, we're starting this all wrong. All, all right, wrong. Right, right, Sorry, Brian. Reset right, button. Right. Reset button. Where, where do we go from here? Well, first off, where the hell did you start, and why do you like trucks? Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So you know, I, uh, I like like every you know red blooded American boy. I grew up uh, loving pickup trucks. My dad, uh, you know, I was a typical kid, man. I was born in I was born in 1980, and so I was like right there for the start of the monster trucks. Like as I was growing up, monster trucks became you know the biggest thing, and and Bigfoot at the time was my you know I I I. I, I could tell you Bob Chandler's, you know, blood type, you know, and Jim Cramer and all those guys that were involved in the Bigfoot, you know, legacy of that stuff. And it just kind of went from there. Like I loved my first magazine subscription as a kid was Peterson four wheel and off road. It's a magazine subscription that I've had for the majority of my life. How, how old and are you when you subscribe to that? This is this is not not kidding. Um, I was probably you know my parents gave it to me when I was probably four or five years old. So I like you know started it's, it's young. The lame, it's the lame thing, but it's like I learned to read um, on those magazines. Like I learned to read uh, on National Dragster and, and Four Wheel and Off Road and stuff like that. So yeah, I've I've definitely loved trucks since I was a kid. I had an uncle um, that had a, a bump side Ford with slot mags on it. Yeah, huh. you know, the thing was the thing was great. I hear those um, things are pretty cool. Yeah, they're friggin' awesome. And uh, yeah, you would know you would know all too well. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Uh, no, no, it's it's, yeah, it's well. nice to look at. Nice to look at. <laughs> Doesn't run. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, it's like for me, um, you know, for me, and I've owned a ton of trucks. Like I love me old medium duty trucks. I've owned a '66 C50 that I converted into a pickup truck. A '68 C50 twin boom wrecker that I just drove around like a giant. Uh, and the full thing was operational. My second car was a '82 uh, C10 four-speed small block Chevy truck you know I, I've owned a load of trucks and I've always uh, trucks have always been a part of my life so yes I spend my majority of my time at the drag strip but um, I have as much affinity for trucks and old tractors as I do anything else I love that because I think today most people probably know you from NHRA but Absolutely. it's interesting hearing that history go back to uh, the Bigfoot thing you you joked about sure. you know knowing Chandler's uh, the creator of of Bigfoot his blood type but did you do you still follow? Are you a Gravedigger fan? You still like? Do you follow Chandler's latest race series? I think he's doing. What's it? He's got something going on in his ranch now. Yeah, I think like the, the weird thing for me, and and I kind of fell off on the monster truck thing. I, I definitely fell off on the monster truck thing when I went kind of face first into drag racing as I got older. But I was really kind of bummed out when the when the whole kind of schism happened and. You know, at the time, you know, you had, uh, I guess it was like Live Nation that owned Monster Jam at the time or, or Pace Pace Entertainment. And then they had the kind of the breakaway where, um, you know, they, they didn't want anything to do with, uh, you know, the Bigfoot stuff and Bigfoot didn't want anything to do with them. So it really kind of busted the thing in half. And, you know, I think you I think it's almost like um like the timeline of that stuff. You really have like a you have like a, an era where it's the Bigfoot era and then you have an era where it's the Gravedigger era, you know, and I think they've done such an incredible job of marketing that thing. And obviously there's, you know, 600 versions of Gravedigger running around the country at any given night, but what, you know, what? No, there's right. only one Gra Gravedigger. Right. Damn it. Right. No, tell it's not so. <laughs> you know what? How dare you, Brian Lones, tell us about the backside of water. I, yeah. you've, it's like going to Disneyland and seeing the character take his head off. The upside of it is, like they're still packing arenas full of kids that love these trucks. So well, that's true. Do you, know, you do you think it was about was it about licensing and and Bob wouldn't license Bigfoot or where did the it's, where did it's they always ways? money, man. It's always money. You know anything in motorsports when you have a breakup like that, it's always money. And and I don't know the details of it if, if it was a if it was an appearance thing or if it was a licensing thing, but it all comes down to money. It wasn't like one guy didn't like the color of the guy's shirt that day and they decided to break <laughs> up the band. You know, it's like somebody wanted to get paid and somebody didn't want to pay him and, and, or vice versa, you know, but I just remember 
you know, I had a, like in my, my shop wall, I have my, my, from my childhood, the like 1980s Fred Schaefer uh, barefoot poster with the wow. thing, you know, the trucks all sitting all yeah. crap, all crap sideways and stuff. It's killer, man. And those, you, the value of that stuff, like if you get into racing and cars, but this is a true story. My dad always owned four trucks. So this was like 1987, 88. He's, he's shopping for trucks. And I was horrified that he even went to a Chevy dealership to look at stuff. Cause you didn't buy anything but a Ford because that is what Bigfoot was. And I'm not kidding That's you. Right. I, I remember at a, at a dinner conversation, just basically saying, dude, just buy an F two fifty and let's be done with this. Stop <laughs> it. You know, which he did. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> when did uh, that brand allegiance start? Now, forgive me from uh, maybe this is a dumb question. It probably is because I'm asking it, <laughs> but, but uh, was there brand allegiance before our day? Like in the, 50s, 60s, 70s? For sure. I don't oh, know. That's man. It I'm was asking. even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It was stronger. I believe it, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. You know, I, that's like, yeah. I'm with loans on it, this one. Okay. Yeah. It's, it was, it was, it, if you, if you like the GM stuff, like, the, you know, GM, the, the beauty of what GM did over the years, they, they structured their company in a way that you aspired to kind of climb the ladder into these different brands. So maybe you brought a Chevrolet and then you saved enough mon- money and you bought a Buick and then an Oldsmobile and then you had a Pontiac and then, oh my God, you had enough money to buy a Cadillac and you had made it. You know, and Ford had kind of done the same thing. But yeah, man, no, I think the brand identity and brand le- allegiance and loyalty and Sean, you can agree or disagree. I think it was way stronger back in the day. I agree. I'm on, I'm on board with that uh, sentiment right there, but yeah. I do feel like it. I do feel like it hangs in with trucks, and I'm not just saying this because this is your guys' show. But I do think the brand identity and brand loyalty hangs with trucks beyond anything else that exists in automotive today. Like uh, yeah, I don't think you're seeing. Yeah, I don't think you're seeing a lot of Honda H's. You know? No, I think. I think right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they have their own hardcore little uh, world. I'm sure they when, do. When I was on but... the import side, I was definitely a Honda guy, and I know there's Honda guys, right? Sure, I was a Honda guy, too. Yeah. But but I, I would say in today's day and age, people are much more accepting of seeing what else is out of there. I don't know if it's like this, you know, FOMA, fear of missing out, but it seems like if you came from a Ford or Chevy family, you're probably going to be a Ford or Chevy guy. If you grew up and your parents maybe owned Toyotas and Hondas, but you're a truck guy, then you're agnostic. Then you're agnostic. Right. When, when I grew right. up, my my family we didn't have trucks. My mom and dad drove uh, the Toyota Toaster van, the Previa. We had like you know eight Honda Accords all the way from a '79 CVCC hatchback <laughs> on up. Wait, 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 wait! Your your family didn't have a Chrysler station wagon with fake wood paneling. No, nope, no. Nope, oh. nope. So it's that, we got that jam. It was awesome. <laughs> it's funny because no, we had the uh, or it was the worst thing ever to hit my childhood. No, no, no. We had the minivan, and I remember when my mom brought her Toyota Previa home, yeah. and it had the captain's chairs in the second row so that my sister and I would stop beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> and it was awesome because on those seats, they swiveled 180 degrees oh. so you could face the rear. Nice. And so you, you would just you'd be driving. You're like, I'm going to face backwards now. And you'd spin it around. <laughs> and it, it was awesome. It was great for family well, road trips. But, but that was, And the, the Previa was one of the weirdest vehicles ever built, oh, man. That when thing you was see one mid- today, it, yeah, and you got to remember, yeah. it was mid-engine. It was and on, it was a Miller. It was a Miller cycle engine too. And it was a five cycle engine. You could get it as a supercharger with a supercharger. It's later years. It had a four cylinder. <laughs> really? And it was on top of the truck chassis, and so it was rear wheel drive. And the yeah, the, the Toyota Previa is like is tops as far as and, the weirdest. And it had a PTO. Built. Do you remember? It had a fluid PTO that yes. that drove because it was mid engine. It had this tube that brought all the fluids in the uh, from the radiator up front to the middle of the car. And it was it was wild, and I remember when my mom brought it home for the first time. It was like the future came home with her. Yeah, and, and but that was our family truckster. We never had pickups or anything like. My parents weren't 
truck people. But how dated does that look now? No, it's awesome. No way. No, Previa still looks rad. Really? Oh, for sure. And it had the lowest um, coefficient of drag of, I think, any vehicle, let alone minivan at the time. It was like .036 or something. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's a, that's 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 pretty wild. You guys have one of those things because I I remember like when I first kind of read about them and and heard read all this bizarre stuff. Like there was nothing conventional about that thing. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty weird. It was cool. My mom probably put a hundred thousand miles on that thing. It was went to all sorts of Boy Scout outings. It was great because being uh, mid-engine, there's so much more room on the inside. So yeah. every and I believe the engine was actually on its side, like a, at a 45 degree angle to uh, sure. Why not lower the floor? <laughs> I mean, it was it was wild. Yeah. And uh, and that they went on many Boy Scout trips and campouts and family vacations, and it was great. But you know, it's weird that for some reason I always like you, I gravitated toward trucks. I don't know if it was because of Bigfoot, if it was because you know it wasn't certainly wasn't because of what my family bought. So. Well, it was funny because when I, I can get you into a Previa right now in Craigslist for twenty three hundred bucks <laughs> in Huntington Beach, I would do it. I would do it just to just to drive it one last time. Yeah, it's, it's does, uh, it, does it, that does that twenty three hundred include the meth making equipment? Does that actually does it still come uh, in the van? No, that one does not. <laughs> That's it does, extra, but it does okay. have stains on all seats. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Is Perfect. that a uh, second row of captain's chairs? No, uh, let me take. A do you remember the captain's look. chairs on those things were awesome because they were they were buckets with armrests and they had. They were tall and curved at the top. They looked like they came out of Star Trek. No, this uh, has a bench second seat. I don't want bench, it. Second row. Uh, oh, but th- on the driver's side, the uh, the fold down armrest yeah. is facing towards the rear window. So that's probably <laughs> bad right there. Yep. I, I just remember when my mom came home, I was always telling my parents that they had to get cars with cool wheels mm-hmm. because I always was like, no, those wheels suck. And my mom, it was like a twisted five-spoke star design on those. And I remember they brought it home, and it had chrome wheels on it. And I just about lost my, you know, S. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, my first thing my mom says to me, and they got home late. They had been at the dealer, like, negotiating the deal for, like, three hours or something. Finally come home, and she goes, those are getting taken off tomorrow. Oh. And I'm like, no! But she ended up getting the uh, the alloy version of the same wheels, just not chrome. But it, it was a cool car, man. I love this ad, by the way. It's 209,000 miles, 2,300 bucks. No low ballers, please, it says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, so that, my, that was a cool vehicle back in his day. My dad, uh, you'll appreciate this. So my father is, has owned a pickup truck for my entire existence. The 40 years that I've been on this planet, he has always owned a truck. They have Every single one of them has been a single cab truck, four-wheel drive with a snowplow on it. Because <laughs> it yes. But to this day, and this is a God's honest truth, his, he bought a truck, uh, 2500 HD Chevrolet a couple years ago. Every truck he has ever owned, including that one, has a rubber format, and I'm not BSing you, crank windows. He has the last truck built, I'm convinced, in the world with crank windows. God bless him. No, that's always got the it's always got the good mo it's always got the good axles with a locker in it and the good motor, God. but it always has it has a it a Latvian prison. <laughs> Does it have the metal belt buckle or the uh, seatbelt buckle that cooks in the uh, sun so you burn the crap out of yourself when you go to buckle it? Of course it, it does. Oh. Of course it does. Oh, I love we it. Would, and we would pile in, all four of us would pile in yeah, our stupid trucks all year and go to the <laughs> I mean, Christmas tree are, are and everything you, else. Are yeah. you ordering? Are you, are you getting the sales form and, and, and checking off delete? When it comes to window roll-ups, it's you, like you used to be able to get like a, a Ford Mustang in like 1985 with the um, it was 50 bucks that you got credited. It was the badge delete, and I remember my friends, <laughs> my friends' dad bought one, uh-huh. and I was so stoked that it came to school. And I'm like, oh my god, they bought a Mustang! They bought yeah. a Mustang, and it had no badging on it. It there was it was devoid of anything that said it was a Mustang. I'm like, that's dumb. weird. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. 
That's like going to the dealer and going, I'd like the cool delete. Uh, yeah, please. exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, right. you know, so my whole my whole existence around trucks was I, there's three that I can remember, right? So I had an uncle who had an 85 square body Chevy C10 that was a short bed and a regu- you know, regular cab, short bed, fire engine red. That was like 85, I think, with a with a uh, 305 in it, I think. And that thing was cool. And my my grandpa had a few trucks um, before he stopped driving. And he had like an old late seventies uh, square body. It, I remember it was brown. Had one of those corrugated uh, camper shells on it, and had a monkey, a big rubber gorilla that would hang from the nice. uh, rearview mirror. Nice. And he nice. just set us on his lap, and we'd drive around the neighborhood. And it, it was only like five years ago that my mom figured out, you know, heard the story that Grandpa used to let us drive, and she's like, "What? He did what?" <laughs> and we're like, we're like, you know, in our mid thirties or late thirties, and she's like, "How do I not know this?" And then uh, that's awesome. The other one, my grandparents, and this is what's funny is I was I was always a Ford guy growing up. My first pickup was a Ford Ranger, but everybody around me had GM stuff, so I don't know why I didn't like that and why rebel. I like the Ford. Yeah, you're maybe. A rebel. So my grandparents had a either late seventies or early eighties Chevy Suburban. And it towed nice. their um, travel. It was a Layton dual axle travel trailer. They had a trailering group. They traveled with all the retired oh, friends. They were hardcore. No, hardcore. Literally, they had like twenty people, and they would be like, it would be like the how- Mongols on the freeway on motorcycles. I was going to say, how do they how do they jump how do they jump in new? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. New people. Like, do they do they pump no, 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 no. and beat them up? No, no, or- no. You have to get in and back into your camp spot with oh, the trailer. That's what it was. <laughs> and uh, and then you had to know how to do the uh, the Blackwater tank. But anyway, yeah. so it was. I remember my dad would borrow it every once in a while, and it was brown. Had be like a like a. Worn through paint on it. It was kind of rusty. and But that was Grandpa's truck, and, you know, it would come to the house, and he would help out. Well, one Easter, a brand-new 1989, shiny, white GMC Suburban, 2,500 8-lug, 454, fuel-injected, three rows of red, velvet, velour, whatever, nice. casket red interior bench seats. It had full chrome running boards, had chrome wheels on it, chrome steelies. It had just, it was like, it was magnificent. I remember this thing pulling the driveway and everything at the house stopped. And it was like, Grandma and Grandpa got a new truck, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and it ended up, that was... His, was it a loner? No. Oh, no, he was, bought it. Oh, he really did. No, and, and that truck was the, basically, the he had it until he passed away. And when I first got into the business, when I needed something to tow, because they hadn't, they were getting older and they didn't tow anymore... He'd call me and ask me to take it around the block and put a charge on it. I'd be like, hey, can I, uh, can I take it to SEMA and tow this vehicle? And he's like, oh, I don't care. And I remember that nice. thing got 10 miles per gallon empty or towing. It didn't care. It was exactly the same. <laughs> it and my, my grandpa told me on one trailering trip, he was towing it uphill and it overheated until the engine seized. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, what'd you do? He goes, I let it, car- I let it cool off. I turned it back on and kept going. And I go, <laughs> wow. what? I mean, what? does it you yeah. know, Does it burn oil? He's like, nah, I've never had a problem since then. <laughs> Man. But do you, do you remember? It um, only seizes occasionally. The, the cool thing right. about those trucks was like the steering wheel was like an inch in diameter. And yes. the, the power steering was super overboosted. And I loved looking out over that big flat hood. And my grandpa was an engineer, right? He used to do everything himself, right? He hands me a tow hitch that he has clearly welded together out of oh, like, like like bar square, stock. Yeah, bar stock. And he didn't drill a hole with the drill press. He used a torch to put a <laughs> hole in it for the pin. And he goes, awesome. here, use this. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, hell no. So I drive out, go straight to like U-Haul, pick up a proper you know hitch for it. And I remember coming back from SEMA and I brought him the truck, of course, washed, gassed, all that stuff. And he walks around. Oh, it looks good. looks good. He goes, what's this? 
I go, oh, I bought oh. you, I bought you a new hit. She goes, why the hell would I need that? <laughs> and into, you just pissed him off. Yeah, and to that yeah. day, I remember uh, years, years, years later. And he hasn't talked to you since. No, <laughs> that hitch was in his garage, and his homemade one was the one that stayed in the back of, of suburban. Right. It's a matter of pride, man. And it had the that cool roll down rear uh, rear window was cool too. Oh wow. Dual tanks. Oh, man, it was awesome. Story time with Holman, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just got all excited. Well, those, uh, those 88 to 98 trucks, as you guys know, are exploding now. Like 73 to 87 trucks have done yeah. you know, done the whole deal, and that they're a billion dollars to buy anything. So right now it's those 88 to 98 trucks that are, like, just totally on fire for everybody. You know, everybody's buying them, and, and I like them lowered. Like, if it's two-wheel drive truck, I like it lowered. The four-wheel drive stuff, you know, do whatever you want with it. But it's uh, there's some... There's a lot of clean kind of grandpa fresh versions like your grandfather's suburban fresh. floating around grandpa out there now. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you bagged any trucks? I've never bagged a truck. I had um, – so that truck I had in high school, I lowered it with like a – I don't know if it was a Belltech kit. I used somebody's kit, but it wasn't It wasn't on air. It was just like a static, you know, like a static drop. But that truck was a two-wheel drive short bed truck um, with, a, with a 305 – and then I blew that up, and it had a 350 in it. And then uh, with the, that that weird new process four speed behind it, what was it like oh, the one yeah. LY or whatever the option was? But it was like it was the Mopar 833 four speed that new process had kind of re-geared and made it into an overdrive transmission. And um, I never broke mine, but like it would, you know, I used to, it was, I was in high school, so I was a moron, you know. So it was like every day <laughs> you're just like sidestepping the clutch at 4,000 RPM to do burnouts, and it never broke. <laughs> And then, like, consequently, I remember reading about those transmissions years after I owned the truck, and every single thing I read was like, oh, mine broke when I looked at it sideways. Like, <laughs> I, I, had the, I had the good one, apparently, yeah. <laughs> what's the... Uh, Love clutch dumps, Of all way. your trucks, what, what's the favorite? Um, my 66 C50 that started life as a bread truck and uh, became a, a pickup truck, um, it, it, it had 22 and a half inch steel bud style wheels on it. So they weren't like Alcoa's. They were the old school, like steel, like slot style um, wheels yeah, that's at awesome. a 292 four speed, a 292 inline six that um, I did this like just complete ghetto, ghetto, uh, basically ring and hone job in my driveway that the truck was so big <laughs> I could, there was no way to get the block out. So um, I just took the oil pan off and, and took the cylinder head off and pushed all the pistons out the top of the block. And, <laughs> um, literally, you know, put a three stone hone on my drill and dumped some cheap oil in there and honed it and cleaned it out and stuck it all back together again. But, um, just need a little motor, honey. You're truck. good. What kind of stain did you leave in the driveway? <laughs> Thankfully, the driveway was gravel on the oh, side no. I was working on, which was hell on my back, but it made it great for the drainage of all the, the different various liquids that were coming out of this thing. Funny, it's um, now a uh, EPA cleanup site. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. super fun site. Yeah, super yeah. fun. The, uh, but the best part of that truck was it had a the 292 engine and it had a four speed and it had SM20 was that the green one? In it. Yes, and oh it had a God, 720 dude. rear gear. It was a giant. I'm spicer showing Jay right now. What's that? Oh, that is the coolest truck. Nothing <laughs> badass. That yeah. is so like forest dope. green, yeah. white steelies, white bumper. Now what's up For with it, the, yeah. uh, the but where the bed meets the the cab? Or is that just a show? No, that's oh. no, no, no. It's oh, it's, it's, a it's a heavy duty, and that's the step. Oh, so the body I lines see. the same. You see there? That do you still have that truck? Tell no, me you I still sold have it. To, I sold it to my buddy Paul. So if if anyone Brian, wants to you're see an idiot. Thing, <laughs> you're, well, you're a freaking moron, yeah, dude. I sold it. I sold it to buy my wrecker. So I sold okay. that truck to buy a 1968 C50 twin boom wrecker truck. That was the coolest. That is cool. Um, 
So if yeah, if anybody wants to see that truck, you can just go type in Google. You can Google Bankshift Goliath, and you'll see all these pictures and stories I did on Bank when I own that thing. Shift yeah, Goliath. Okay. Wait, do you still own that thing? Uh, no, I sold the record too. So we moved like we moved like a year ago, and we moved into like a better neighborhood where uh, <laughs> where things like that aren't appreciated. <laughs> where like if it fits in my garage, it's cool. But like I could not leave a record in my front in my driveway <laughs> without actually owning a record service, I guess. But yeah, so I do. I got to buy something new now. I've been I've been looking around at stuff, but I haven't settled on anything yet. Hmm. What are you looking at? I really want to. I really want a '70s. This and I'm again not just saying this because I'm on your show, but I really am looking at uh, '70s Ford trucks. Like I prefer probably a dent side, but the, I love the bump side trucks too. So um, I, I would like an early. Side. I would like an earlier truck, and I want to put an FE like a 427 FE in one of those. Oh trucks, man, yeah, do do a bump side. Although the dent side frames are better for that kind of stuff, that kind of twist, but. I just love the bump sides. They just to me the bump sides are just so pure. It's the it's the real perfect melding of the old school trucks with the drop fenders and yes. the modern trucks. It just sits and it's yeah. and you could get AC and you can get an automatic and you can get a radio and you could get some of those things in there, but it wasn't so much like the the dent sides are like next level of all those creature comforts. So it sort of like dabbles you a little bit in that right side mirror, you know, yeah. but <laughs> Uh, but you don't you don't need it, and they're just uh, uh, th- that's just a soft spot with me right there. So and Brian, you hit the lottery and you uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Not a big lotto, just just enough okay. to, just enough to buy something fresh in the, for the driveway. Part of the deal is with the lottery commission is he has to buy a vehicle. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So what is it? So I buy a real nice like so my dad's a Pontiac guy so he, I grew up with a bunch of Pontiacs around so I w- I would buy like a, a pretty nice like driver quality. Uh, like 64 GTO, like a tri-power four-speed car. That would let's let's call that 60 grand. Um, I'd find a I'd find a I'd find the cleanest, nicest, uh, like 72, 73 F250 I could find. Uh, that's probably going to set me back what 20 now. If I want something okay. that's like show, like that's hermetically sealed in someone's shop. <laughs> uh, uh, man. And then you know, I don't know. I get, lobster like, dinner for your I, wife. So don't I, forget I don't, lobster dinner for your wife. I don't wife. hear anything new. Well, man, new shoot, to if him. I'm some, oh, shoot, shoot! If I'm buying something new, um, I would buy. You know, so with through Bankshift, I get to drive a lot of different stuff. I road test a lot of different things and write stories. Uh, I do absolutely 100 percent love the, the late model power wagon trucks. I just yeah. think they're. And you know what though? Like the, I love the power wagon truck, and, and if I had that money to spend, I would spend it. If I had less money to spend, I'd buy the Rebel. I, I do. I I'd super dig the Rebel yeah. for the idea that it's like, and the Rebel is in no way nearly as hardcore as the Power Wagon. I'm not making that association, but but like, I drive one every day, and it's pretty damn good. Yeah, with the Rebel, you get a lot of the same. You get a lot of cool features in that truck with not nearly the so, spend. But you know the but story the behind that, right? The old old school bludgeon bludgeon the you know forest to death truck that i love so yeah, <laughs> Blud- yeah. bludgeon the forest to death they're af- actually opening up at the glass house uh, <laughs> next week hey uh so the story of the rebel is it was originally uh designed to be the power wagon light and so i had a little bit of uh of uh let's just say influence influence on it mm. and really yeah and so i had met with uh some product planners at ram at the texas state fair and then had some other meetings and they had asked me what should a power wagon light based on a 1500 chassis be. And we went through it all, and it was a couple of years of sort of like conversations here and there. And when the first generation Rebel came out, I believe it was the Detroit Auto Show, uh, one of the guys came up to me and goes, how do you like your truck? I went, what? 
how do you like your truck? Do you see it? Wow. And I went, which one? They said, the Rebel. That's your power wagon you've been helping us with. So there you go. Well, so I get a little soft spot for the Rebel. So at where is the Easter egg? Where does it say Holman on the axle or somewhere under the, uh, the <laughs> yeah, bed? It, does, away it doesn't. It doesn't. Although uh, Mark Allen keeps telling me they're somewhere on a Wrangler JL as a fat bearded guy. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. instead of just the, uh, the flip flops on the uh, cow. That would make your life. If, 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 if somebody FCA, snuck in a yeah. uh, fat bearded guy somewhere, just the just the icon like a face, you know, what I mean? it's it like cool. uh, like Obey Giant, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it would be cool. It would be cool. I'm but, like, I'm kind of bummed out. I'm come, I'm I'm fairly bummed that the the Cummins V8 deal and the and the Titan didn't yeah. didn't do what anybody wanted it to do really. And I love that truck. I we did um, great we did truck. Some stories with we did some stories with KJ and uh, and Diesel Power with a series of upgrades on on one of those trucks uh, a couple of years ago, and it's like. It was a good truck when we started, and really after a weekend of work, the thing was the thing was killer. And um, I remember the first time we got one, I got one of those out of the press fleet. We did this kind of fun story where we took it out, and I, my son came out with us in his in his go kart. He has kind of a, an off road go kart. We got some really good photos of him. I was doing basically donuts around him uh, as he was riding his his go kart. That's was safe, like, Dad. Good <laughs> going, Dad. Yeah, yeah no, that was my wife. My wife didn't sign off on that game plan before we left. That was a that's that was a, a top uh, secret. Yeah, yeah, that was a top secret plan. Well, yeah. that's one of those, uh, you know, ask for uh, forgiveness, not yeah. permission. Yeah. We're, we're shooting for the new Jackass <laughs> movie, honey. I really dug that truck. I wish uh, I wish that that thing had uh, had caught on fire with people like the, the way I had hoped it would. Yeah. You know, that, that, that it's funny because everybody we talk to has one, uh, including Ian Johnson. Uh, they all love it. Okay. Every, yeah. every one of them. He bought one, one of the very first early 16 ones. And he absolutely loves it. And it's like everywhere I go, people are like, man, anyone who gave that truck an opportunity, gave it a chance and bought it are, are like, I can't believe it's only one generation because this you, is one of my favorite What trucks. do you attribute it to, though? Is it just uh... – No, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So so Nissan's a smaller company, so they don't have the uh, – you know, as much marketing dollars as everybody else, so they spend it on this show. So hopefully we can convert some people. <laughs> right. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, you know, just not the same dealership density. You know, most of their dealerships are, you know, in what we call a smile state, so on the coast and things like that. And, you know, a lot of the dealers, you know, might struggle to sell on the same lot a, a, a Note or a Versa or a Sentra, and this big old honking pickup truck is at, in the same place. And um, when you get to the rural parts of America, you might have a Ford or Chevy dealership that's, you know, 10 miles from you, where the nearest Nissan dealership might be 100 miles but from you. But they sell the V8s with, you know, the Endurance V8, the 5.6? Yeah. I mean, they sell really well, so why didn't the Cummins sell really well? You know, well? I, honestly, I think, and in, in, again, this is just esoteric. This is not, I have no data to back up any of these statements, but in my mind, you know, the, the Titan, the typical Titan buyer maybe isn't somebody that understands what the Cummins brand is to start with, sure. right? Because they're not really shopping. You know, we think of Cummins and, and those of us that love trucks and love this industry think of Cummins and we're like, it's tough. It's a million miles. It's, it's you know, it's going to make a thousand pounds of tour, whatever. But like, I'm not sure the Titan buyer, he knows what a gas V8 is. He knows that the V8 is horsepower. That's what I need. But like, why do I need the diesel version of that? And, and I feel like maybe, maybe that's a bridge that was too far. Maybe, across and he probably people. owned a previous generation gas Titan and loved it because of how reliable yeah. they are and said, I just want the newer version of my truck or Agreed. I don't need to tow that much. It's like the one dude that wrote us an email uh -huh. where he said, why do all truck guys identify their truck by the engine and not by the truck? So we're like, what do you drive? Oh, Cummins. What do you drive? Oh, it's Super Duty. You know. Well, or, I think that's a heavy. That's a heavy duty market thing. You think so? Yeah, because there's no other. Yeah, big time. It doesn't really exist anywhere else. 
maybe a Colorado Duramax or some of the new half tons have it, but that that situation where you've had a third party engine supplier who has supplied it really only exists in the heavy duty market. Whether it's international power yeah. stroke or whether it's Cummins you know, or yeah, Dur- Max, yeah, or a yeah. Duramax truck, yeah. Which yeah, is but a, the little tiny sport compact cars never have engines that are made by those companies. They're always some weird Korean company outfitting an engine into like a little tiny sport <laughs> compact car. Really? Yeah, they're like, it's, oh, it's made by Daewoo or somebody. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's like the Chevy Spark, I believe. Is yes, case. there you yeah, go. Yes. Yeah, but the, but what do you drive, a Chevy honest. Spark? No, it's a Daewoo, buddy. Well, well, Mitsubishi Colt, <laughs> right? Yeah. If I drove a Chevy a Chevy Spark, somebody asked what I drove, I'd say an Uber. I, didn't, I, I would not admit to any. I would not even admit to owning it. That's just uh, that ain't me. All yeah. right, so I, I've got a question for you. We we posed this conundrum to our friend David Freiberger, and you and David obviously are good friends and go way back. Sure. So we thought we would uh, we would pose it to you as well because we're interested in your take. Uh, it's getting harder and harder these days to define a truck, right? Because you have sure. so many different, you know, uh, these like the uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz coming out or the body, on, you know, the, uh, the unibody Honda Ridgeline, is that a truck? And then you've got uh, some weird stuff in you know Ford's history, and then you've got you know. So we, what about the Rivian and things like that? Right. So now you got the electric, which are skateboards. So technically, it's body on frame, but there's no bed separate from the cab. So we had this argument with uh, Freiberger, and uh, and he challenged us at every point. I think that it, the, the the scale of how you figure it out, or the rubric, if you will, is like there's five things, and if you meet three of those requirements, you're a truck, and if you don't, you don't. So here are my here are my uh, my things okay. about what makes a truck. So it's your job to agree or disagree. Yeah, uh, I so got you. Longitudinally mounted drivetrain. The ab- uh, dis- disagree. Okay. <laughs> oh, right off the bat. Uh, ab- ability to uh, have four wheel drive in the platform. Agree. Oh wait, well, hold on. Oh wait, I owe him a, a buzzer and a ding for the last one. Okay, there okay, we go. All right. The third one is that it has a uh, bed separate from the cab. Disagree. You yeah. get those unibody Fords from 50 know, years ago. I know. I know. That was Freiberger's argument. Yeah, but then is an El Camino a truck or a car? See? Wow. Is a Ridgeline a truck or a car? Okay, okay. Keep going. Hold on. Hold on. All right. And then I, it, ha- it has to be, okay. this is where I think I fixed that, has to be body on frame. See, I want to say yes to this. <laughs> like the like the Neanderthal man in me is like, yes, my knuckles are scraping the ground. Yes, it has to be like that. But I, but if but to me, if you commit to that, then you're basically just saying we can never make a truck better than what we've been doing it for 110 years. Well, like, because nothing's broken, Brian Lowe's. <laughs> That's what he says, Holman. Oh man, I, was that four? I think that was only four. So longitudinally mounted has to be yep. able to do four wheel drive, body on frame, yeah. uh, bed, uh, cargo uh, bed area separate from the cab. That oh, was four and, and open cargo area. So like SUV doesn't count as a truck. Hundred percent agree there. Okay. Although we've All had right. listeners, we've had listeners go back and forth, and so somebody said, "Well, what about my suburban or my expedition that is body on frame and everything? not a truck?" So well, so it's, the, it's not a truck or it's an SUV or. Or is it a truck, but not a pickup truck? My aunt had a Mitsubishi Montero. Remember those things? Yeah, sure. absolutely. It, or it was the Dodge Raider or the Mitsubishi Montero. Yes. So at this point in my life, I am in, uh, you know, I'm monster truck super fan. I'm walking around my little Bigfoot pennant at all times. <laughs> and so she would like, we'd be at a cookout. And she'd say, I'd have to go get, I got to go get something out of my truck. And I'd say, you don't have a truck. You have a Mitsubishi Montero. So, so I, there's a part of me that still agrees with that. Like, if it's an enclosed-bodied vehicle, 
I guess it falls into the truck category, but it's not a pickup truck. So what, like, it's not a pickup. Yeah, truck. right. So so but I guess it's an SUV. So now, what you're telling me, your is, first inclination, I think, was right. It's yeah. an SUV. So what you're telling me right now is this: uh, we still haven't solved this conundrum of what a truck no. is. Uh uh-uh. uh No, it's in and on the hot riding side of things. It's like what's a streetcar? It's like the guy on Drag Week that takes his two thousand horsepower <laughs> six second two chassis car and drives it a thousand miles. And people are like, well, that's a race car that he drives on the street. It's like. Well, bro, it's got a license plate yeah, on it. It's got headlights. Exactly. It's got windshield For me, wipers. that's easy. Does it have yeah. turn signals, lights, windshield wipers, and license plate? I'm on board with it being a streetcar. Yeah, but no. To your point, I think the the longitudinally mounted or the yeah longitudinally mounted engine thing. I don't I don't necessarily see that as a direct requirement because I think there's you know there's been stuff over the years. Man, listen, as loath as I am to say it, like I, I do I do put the I do put the El Camino in the truck style category, mm. which means I also which means I also got to put the Volkswagen Rabbit in there, and there was a Volkswagen Rabbit truck. Well, except the Volkswagen Rabbit on my criteria doesn't work because it's transverse mounted. What was the Brat? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying that I don't think you need to be longitudinally mounted. I think, uh, I think that is, you don't, you don't need to have that. I want right. that because the the, the rabbit is that. transverse, and so right. Uh, I don't know, man. I struggle. I'm trying. I, what I want to do is I want to have the end all be all like list of requirements. Damn it! This is a truck. Period. And you couldn't get a rabbit as four wheel drive, right? So that takes it out of the truck category. On it my does. List. You're right. It does. It's only those are only front wheel drive. But then you're allowed to have the two wheel drive Ford Unibody or the Honda Ridgeline. So that's why I feel like it has to be three of the five because it's not. So it's an imperfect the Subaru science. Brat. So we did mention the Brat, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a oh, it's all wheel drive. It's a boxer engine, right? Which is which the pistons move uh, sideways, but the engine is mounted front to back. So why <laughs> right, so it's longitudinal, and, and they have a right, transaxle yeah. in the front that brings it yeah. out to the side. So to me, that's more of a truck than the Rabbit. A hundred percent. It's Agreed. probably more truck than the uh, Ridge Line. <laughs> it's it is. We know that's that's a factual statement you just said. Oh yes. man! So I, I'm struggling. I'm trying to help out our audience. You here. just can't. It's not a straight line. You can't it's say not. on left is a truck and right no, on this. It's, it's got to be zig- mom, zigzag, dad, yeah. Cletus. You yeah. know, off on the branches on the right. There's Ugh. you know, there's some weird stuff in the truck family tree out there. Well, yeah. If you talk, listen to me. It's like if to me, if you talk to anybody that's uh, let's say anybody that's 50 years old or older. They're gonna give you the they're gonna give you the requirements that are that are like super straight ahead, like because because they're you know and again there is there Does is it a say dodge on the hood and have a ram head right. with a truck right <laughs> so there the, is some so merit. The cyber truck is a truck to young people but it's not a truck well that's what Brian is saying though if you talk to young right. people well, yes. it's like it's it like, is a Rivian a truck I don't if know you talk to my my kids I think a Rivian's more of a truck than a Tesla truck when I say what do you guys want to watch on TV tonight. They turn on YouTube, and to them, that's TV. To yeah, you and I, yeah. Channel Seven or to ABC, that's why. That's NBC, why you have CBS. to disown them. Leave them out on the curb <laughs> for Trash Day. They're not your kids. Just walk away. You're saying it's a perception is reality. <sighs> well, what if you? Yeah, I, get two, I get I get two, I get two sons that live on automotive YouTube content. So yes, yeah. I, I'm. And speaking I'm of which, where where are you on YouTube? Like, why do you not have some crazy successful channel, or do you? And I just don't know about it. The thing is, no, I don't. Um, and I guess it's more the fact that I do like 800 other things and it just, I, I just <laughs> haven't got there on my list yet. Uh, <laughs> 801 YouTube thing, channel. Well, I got a thing. I got a thing that's going to start in a couple of weeks. Um, I always tell you about it now because I've not told anybody else about it. It's called the oh. Dorkomotive Podcast. Wait, the, the what podcast? The Dorkomotive Podcast. I love and this. So, tell me more. 
it's going to be, it's, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, my Instagram is all just automotive history and it's all yeah, it's awesome. you know, racing history and cool machines. So my, this, this show, um, is going to be that in a longer form. So each episode I've made about 10 of them so far, I'm going to start bleeding them out, but it's like, they're about a half hour long. And I take a subject that I've had in my Instagram, like a single photo. And I talk about like a, like a half hour's worth of the whole history and context and everything about it. So if you enjoy just uh the most you know minutiae automotive yes. history that's that's where it's at all right that's I, i'm <laughs> no. sorry to tell you this lightning that's my new favorite podcast <laughs> it might be mine as well i haven't even heard it yet and i'm already on board how much research are you doing for every photo that you post um a lot if you if you actually if you if you check it out like mo- my the captions are usually like Two to three hundred words on some of these things. They're like they're the really best, long. The best one you have posted, and I I saw this last week when you posted it up, is the one where it looks like there's a dragster on fire passing a go kart. But then there's a whole other story behind that, yes. which is super. And I I don't want to uh, spoil it here, but if you head over to uh, at uh, Brian Loans, and that's B R I A N L O H N E S on Instagram, it's an awesome page, and there's so much cool stuff. There's even truck stuff on there, so uh, so you'll appreciate there is. that. Uh, and and even uh, like massive uh, earth moving machinery and uh, the old barefoot in Hollywood with Knight Rider. No, so are you, are how you, cool was that? It was awesome. Are Locomotives. You, I mean, dude, are just, you getting stuff it. from? Are you are you just where are you digging it up from? Friends and family or Wikipedia or all sources or what? Are how you about a Bigfoot semi truck jumping through the air? That's this amazing. is the God's this is the God's honest truth. Is the fact that I I did not date at all in high school. I spent a lot of time reading magazines and books and you know, anything I post on there is, is something that I know a little bit about and I have dug in, I've dug into. So like whenever I throw a photo up there, it's something that I've heard of or I've tried to find, or I've read about at some point and kind of made a note to myself. And then I've uh, dug in as much as I can to, to give people the context of what's happening. Like the, the original coolest... Dodge Bighorn, which is a yes. badass semi truck from oh, that has to be what, like early seventies. Yes, they made them for just a couple of years, uh, like in the front half of the 70s. And they only made, I think it was less than 200 of them. And at the time, they were the nicest. I mean, they were the cream of the crop. It was the, Roy- it was the Cadillac and Rolls Royce of the medium duty yes. or semi truck world. Yes. Like they and were. They're, and they're gorgeous. Badass. Yeah, and they're they cool. are gorgeous. So, so yeah. you know, we love podcasts, but why? This should be a show. It should be it visual. It is a show, it's I an audio you- show. No, no, You're no, just trying I mean, to kick him off of podcasting so he doesn't take all of our listeners. That's true. hundred <laughs> percent. So but but this is very visual. Like the 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 truck Holman just flipped his laptop around so I could see it and that's visual. So you can do your best to describe it, uh, but it's up to you know your your listener's mind's eye. Uh, this is this is begging to be a show. Uh, the history of auto, uh, automotive young people Maybe he's getting there. He just has to get some podcasts out first. See, Sean, Sean, see, Sean. No, in my mind, it's this, like with everything, I I got all this stuff going on. Like this is to be like the easiest way I can make this. And hopefully if somebody uh, out there uh, in the production world hears it, I think it's cool. And the the other thing you got to think about too, and, and, you know, knock on wood, no one's ever busted my chops on this is like, you know, the, the deal on Instagram, like I don't have the rights to use these photos. Obviously I'm not making money. I'm not, you know, being paid for my Instagram page. So I don't think anybody's, you know, gotten, gotten angry about it. But, um, the only way that it works as a visual show, obviously, is if you have the rights to use these photos and to go through all that. And my God, that would be, 
Like, that's why people have legal departments. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where you need to team up with someone like Motor Trend so they can he access. He already does. He hosts Motor Trend shows. No, listen he to me. He knows people hey, here. Hey. He knows me. I'm going to get him a show. That's we not- have had, we listen, I've had a very, I've had some very low level conversations with folks over there about this idea. So I guess in my mind's eye, I'm hoping that the podcast does really well and we can swing some of those, some of those conversations around. Where will you be able to find the podcast? Um, it'll be on like Spotify and Apple and all, all the places. All the places. And what, yeah. what's the name of it again? Uh, Dorkomotive. 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 All right. Well, we will, we will promote that. I am going to challenge you. For a rare production but more modern vehicle that you need to have on your Instagram page. Okay. It is the Ford Super Cruiser, and I feel like people have forgotten about that, and it was super badass in its day. I don't even know what you're talking about. Sean Holman, Sean Holman, sit back for a second and allow me to tell you my experience of driving one for 24 hours straight. No way. 24 hours straight, he just said. so the twenty, so the Ford Super Cruiser that he's talking about was what F six fifty or an F seven fifty that was basically a miniature big rig. Yeah, big old fairing crew, on it and yeah, a crew cabs, crew cab leather decked out inside. It had a fifth wheel on the back of it. Um, it had air suspension, so you could you know psh, did, uh, drop the air out of the bag. So long. This is a super long story, super short. Oh, I'm looking Senior, at it now. I've seen those things. So, so keep in mind, this was a factory Ford build in yeah. the time yes. when the only people doing this were aftermarket upfitter companies and Ford said we're going to do a run of these and they they were only out for it was an F650 and I want to say it was only two maybe three years and that was it I did not know this is the thing I have seen these in Lake Havasu Arizona pulling big huge boats and I thought these were just upfitted I had no idea they were coming off the line this way no this was a Ford and they were badass. All right, so Brian, sorry to interrupt you. We were just like yeah. having fun over here. So I'm a senior in college. Um, we had a, I went to University of Massachusetts. We had a motorsports club, and we basically worked for like two years to get permission to put on an endurance go karting race on campus. We had a big section of the parking lot. We built a course out of uh, tires that we had gotten from tire shops around the area. We had hired a guy to come up with the go karts. We had signed teams up. The whole works. At the same time, I worked as a student mechanic at the fleet garage on campus, and I got my commercial driver's license, which I still have an active CDL in case I lose all my jobs. Congratulations. So so this guy, Johan Schwartz, is the guy we hired to bring the go-karts up and and execute the race for us. He arrives in Massachusetts and promptly tells me that the guy with the go-karts had a heart attack in Virginia, and we needed to take his truck down and get the trailer that had all the go-karts in it. Now, we didn't have any time. Like, we left like 10 minutes after he told me this. So that guy, I'm, I'm driving this thing, and it's a badass truck. I mean, it was cool. And, again, at a Caterpillar engine. Yeah, seven point, yep, 7.2-liter yep. Caterpillar. It was not an international. Allison yeah, Trance. And, then, and this yep. is, we're talking 2002, 300 horsepower, 860 pound-feet of torque back then. And it was brand new because this happened in 2002 when I graduated college. So, um, so I didn't even know how many miles this thing had on it. But, anyway – we get in the truck, we leave Massachusetts. It's about 12 hours to where we're going to get this trailer. And, uh, you know, Johan Schwartz provided exactly 20 minutes of conversation to me before he crawled in the backseat and went to sleep. So <laughs> I'm in his, I'm in his billion dollar truck hauling tail down the highway. We get to Virginia, we hook the trailer up. It's like a, I don't know if it was a 40 some foot or, or a short 50 some foot trailer. Anyway, we hook this thing up. And I'm like, I look at him when we're getting ready to leave. Now the sun has come up like the next day and he's looking at me. I'm like, you're going to drive. He's like, you're doing okay. So I, I stayed in the seat and I drove all the way back. Oh, and man. There, 
Oh, it was, I went cross-eyed a couple times and this guy's sleeping and the truck's about halfway off the road. I mean, it was super dangerous, but, um, we got back, but yeah, I have spent way too much time behind the wheel in one of those things. And at the time I didn't really appreciate how cool it was, yeah. but you, you triggering this memory Dude, makes me smile. Though. This needs to be on your Instagram and I'm yeah, sorry that... that you had a mini episode with us, <laughs> but this should be on your podcast too, because I don't think people remember or even realize what a rad concept and that that thing actually made it to production that you would buy at your Ford dealer back in the early 2000s. Now, so did it have badging of super, because super cruiser is spelled like super, yes. but then cruiser is C-R-U-Z-E-R, 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 I think. Yeah, yeah. C-R-E-W-Z. It was badged. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was badged as that. And the one thing I remember when I drove that thing was it was the first really um, you know, I had driven a, a lot of trucks and buses and stuff like working in the fleet garage, but like that thing, you know, that thing moved out when there was nothing hooked to the back of it. That thing moved out pretty good with all that torque and the Allison transmission. And I just remember the, the, the feeling of all the torque and how just linear it was. And I remember thinking, my God, this is awesome. And then like six <laughs> hours into the trip thinking, my God, let me just drive into the next bridge above my this <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, I'm glad we went down memory lane with that thing. Cause that is so freaking cool. Yeah, no, that was an experience, man. And again, I totally forgot I did that until you brought it up and it was just, it all came flooding back in on me. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we wish you much success on your new podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you. We we want to have you back on for sure at Brian Loans on Instagram at the Loans. I don't Twitter. know why you're getting out. I don't. I have so we many have, more I know, questions because for him. We have. Other we didn't talk to him at all to... about NHRA. Uh-huh. He's, he loves automotive he geekery. I'm dying to know what he thinks of Ford he versus to, Ferrari. He has to come. I'm back. Dying, I have so many questions for him. I know you do. Write them down so you don't forget. I have a have... list. He's my friend. I can go. Brian, are you free on Tuesday? And he'll come back. I don't think he likes us. I yes, won't come back. I will, I will. Listen, I'll give you guys a second shot at this. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, my friend. Well, thanks so much thanks, for uh, hopping on with us. And everybody, check out Brian Loans. Uh, oh, by the way, he's everywhere. So if you missed the intro, go back. <laughs> NHRA and Fox and Motor Trend. and Just Google YouTube. him. Yeah, just Google him. Yes. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, right. buddy. Talk, Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye. How about that, Brian Loans? Turns out he is a professional and funny, charming. Uh, charismatic, uh, good looking. I think I have a crush on him. Professional, yeah, he's a pro. Um, great radio voice. Yeah, not he's like a, us. I think his podcast is going to kick butt. Going to crush ours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh damn! All of our people that are going to be sucks. like, oh man, Truck Show podcast used to be my favorite, and then Brian Loans came yeah. along. Well, totally different thing though. You know, no, we don't. No. There's room for everybody. Well, you know what he's doing? He's being awesome. No, he's doing kind of what you were talking about like 20 episodes ago, which was. Find historical one, retrospective. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I, should do that. I, well, we, we were talking about uh, doing a truck show like mini podcast that's only like 30 minutes long or a segment where we pick like one vehicle and then we talk about just the history behind it. And a little bit different than Brian. Brian's like storytelling. I think we would just kind of go, this is what you need to know about it. I don't know. There's room for all of us. I love Brian. I, I, I'm going to listen to it from day one and uh, I hope you guys do too and support him because he's a good dude. I'm going to listen to it and uh, rip it off. Just straight <laughs> thievery. Oh, well, there's always that, too. All hey, right. I, 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 before you get into your uh, your truck review, yeah. I, I have a question for you. Yes. 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105 or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. How far have you pushed your truck or car on empty and made it? How far past oh, zero me? miles? I'm known for this. So the reason I bring it up is when I left the office yeah. in the Cooper yeah. 
it said that I had uh, 37 miles till empty, mm-hmm. okay? And according to Apple Maps, it was 38 miles to this building. Right. So I thought- I have, margin not gonna, of, I have a margin of error. I have no margin of error. No, I mean, because, I do. because I, they always seem to be- I'm going to be upside down a mile. Right. Okay. Except if you drive right, you can gain some of that back, number one. I so don't you drive basi- right. You basically had range anxiety from a gas car. I did. So no, no, I no. had I had the but, AC on. Oh, well, that's where you, you need to so, suffer a little bit. I had the AC on, right. and I did try to suffer, but you know what? I was on the phone for a lot of the trip, and I was just getting hot. I'm like, ah, AC it. Okay, three times for me yeah. that, that were either close or there. And, and by the way- for closure, I did make it. On zero. But when we leave here and we're done with this yeah, podcast, I'm straight to the gas so station. So what I hate is on the old Rams, the old uh, Ram trucks used to count down miles one to zero. The new trucks at 25 miles to go go, eh, low. Yeah, And sucks. you're like, no, I have to. So you have to look at the odometer, right? So um, they play games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Ken Brubaker, the editor of Four Wheeler Magazine, he and I have been on many, many uh, road trips and adventures over the years. We've, uh, um, I'm famous for having the yellow light on. Mm-hmm. And so we were on a trip called uh, Tents and Trails with a Hummer H3, mm-hmm. and we were crossing uh, eastern Arizona into New Mexico, and we had to cross a gorge. And we had three quarters of a tank, and the, it was the afternoon. I'm like, well, let's, you know, we're good. We'll get fuel on the other side because after you drop down the gorge and drive this road up the other side of this magnificent area, there was a town right at the top of the thing. I'm like, we're good. And so we go, and the light comes on. And as the light comes on and we're about to drop in the gorge, there's a uh, gate across the road and road closed. Uh-oh. So we had to retrace with the light on all the way back. So that was real anxiety. But we made it. Okay. Because it was just him and I. We were on this cross country. This is like back in 05. This is overlanding before it was called overlanding. This is car camping. This is the whole point. We're taking a Hummer H3. We're going to go places, um, blah, blah, blah. The other time I was towing with a Super Duty. Uh, I believe it was my 51 Willie CJ3A, Colonel Mustard, back from Moab. And we were towing into Vegas. And I was going to drop Ken off at the Vegas airport on my way back to Southern California so that he could get his flight home because it was cheaper to go out of Las Vegas than it was out of Grand Junction or Moab at the time. And the light came on, and we're towing. We got the, you know, got the wheelies behind us on a trailer. And we, now, you didn't have a gas can? No. Okay. I never have a gas can. Okay. Um, and so we're coming by. You know where the racetrack is. We're by that, uh, I think it's a, uh, what is it, uh, either Love's? Um, You're talking about out Las Vegas Speedway? Before Las Vegas Speedway. Okay. On your way into Vegas. There's sure. like a, a Love or a Petro or something yes. that's off to the, the- Big truck stop. Yeah. Off to the side of the freeway before you get back into town. And Ken's like, should we stop there? And I'm like, nah, Vegas is you know 15 miles. We're good. Uh, as we pulled off the freeway, the Super Duty goes- <laughs> Oh, no. And started chugging and like lurching. And it said we had like 10 miles left. I'm like, no, we have 10 miles left. Nope. All right. The last one that I did, and I, I made it to the pump. Did well, not did. run out of gas. You got it. I have never, ever, despite trying many times, run out of gas. I've always made it. Really? Except for this one time. Oh. That I can remember right now, anyway. Uh, we had met up in, maybe it's like Phoenix or something. Uh, me and the crew were going down uh, to Yuma to the GM Proving Grounds to go test uh, for the very first time. We were the first journalist to go drive their Suaro off-road trail 
to drive camoed Chevy uh, Colorado ZR2s. You can't just tell a story without dropping, can you? Do you, you want to know what the background bombs. is? No, you're just jealous. You're jealous. Uh, there's some of that. You're absolutely jealous. Okay. So GM had given us Tahoe, and we left town, and we were on our way to Yuma, and the Tahoe said you had 25 miles left at one point, and we passed the gas station because we were 20 miles from our destination. Well, about two or three miles outside the GM Proving Grounds, mm-hmm. truck completely died. So we're like, that's kind of crappy because it still, the distance to empty wasn't at zero. Like, where did it go? And we were like, I, you know, as it's cu- cutting down, I'm like 80 miles an hour. Then I'm like 72. Then I'm like 65. And I'm like 55 miles an hour, right? Trying to conserve. Did you have so- a fuel leak somewhere? No, just for whatever reason, it, w- it went from a 10 to zero in like one mile. Okay. And it was 105 outside. And we're over on the side of the road, and I'm like, well, that sucks. And everybody in the car just looks at me like, seriously? <laughs> and one guy, You're that guy who I won't name almost started crying. Complete emotional breakdown in the back seat about, don't open the doors. You're going to let all the cold air out. And then finally he gets out, and he's like up and down the road, and he's freaking out. It's so hot. We're all going to die kind of thing. You know, like, David, calm down. I call up GM. We're like, you know, a few miles outside the GM Proving Grounds gate, so the maintenance guys or the maybe it was the development guys, uh, borrowed a van, got fuel, we got to our destination. That was it. It was super simple. We waited on the side of the road for 25 minutes. So that's not what I care about. What I care about is is now that awkward ride over there with the guy who was crying. Oh, he was like he wouldn't admit that he was upset and like full freakout mode, like 100. percent Just I have never seen a human melt and have such a change in disposition. <laughs> In such a short amount of time. Mm. It was hilarious. So the question still stands, how far have you guys gotten on E or on zero miles to empty? 657-205-6105, five-star hotline, or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Holman, word on the street is you've got a truck review for us. Truck review. Yeah. Rolling colon dragon truck mud. Huh? Ah! <laughs> You're just over there staring at your screen. What, what's going on here? Why would you say that? I'm not. I'm I'm completely looking at you right now. <laughs> You're staring totally, at your laptop. Totally. Now I don't even have a laptop in this room. Like, why are you giving people that image that I would not be fully engaged in this show? Uh, mainly because you're just typing away. So I want to know more about that green AEV truck you were driving. Ah, uh, the uh, Prospector XL that I put on at Truck Show Podcast? That one, yes. Uh, just play uh, play this interview with Matt Felderman AEV. Unfortunately, I had a great interview also lined up with uh, Dave <laughs> Harrington, who uh, is the founder of AEV, yeah. and uh, that audio did not You're go. audio challenged, is what you are. I don't think that's true. No? No. The audio recording device that you were trying to use failed you big time. Yeah, it didn't didn't really work out, which I'm super bummed because uh, the interview with Dave was great. It was about 10 minutes while we were rock crawling in the Prospector uh, XL, which is a Ram on 41-inch tires. And uh, we were talking about all sorts of stuff. We covered a lot of ground with the development of the truck and where they're at. Well, and how to you get didn't it. get it, so I don't care. What, what, all what, right. What's this? All right, what well, is this, this audio this, right here? This is an interview with Matt just talking about the turnkey packages that AV is now offering. So why don't we let uh, the interview speak for itself? All right, hit play. All right, so uh, I'm here with Matt Felderman, and uh, we are out in the middle of nowhere. And Matt, you brought some uh, some toys for us to play with today. I did. Uh, we traveled from Las Vegas. Uh, we were at the NADA uh, show 
last week and we announced our turnkey conversion packages for the ZR2 Bison, the JL Wrangler, and the Prospector XL. So uh, Dave and I headed out here. Uh, we brought the ZR2 Bison and the Prospector XL and out here uh, testing them out today. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the invite to come out. I'm stoked because I haven't driven a Prospector, and you guys brought the Prospector XL, which is uh, the one on 40s. XL is obviously the Roman numeral for 40, and XL is also extra large, so take that for uh, whatever it's worth. Um, that thing is a freaking badass, but before we get to that, um, let's talk about the Bison and ZR2, and, and we'll talk about, we've got some JL stuff coming up, but we won't talk about it today. You brought the pickups out today, so we'll focus on those. So let's do a ZR2 and Bison package, and then we'll uh, talk about Prospector XL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I was mentioning to you before, but I really look at these two trucks as the Prospector XL is really a Ram transformed into you know, this big, bad, you know, expedition vehicle. The ZR2 Bison is really more of an enhanced version of a really good factory vehicle. So the, the AEV ZR2 Bison package, we essentially take the ZR2 Bison uh, that we collaborated with Chevy on. And we... And by the way, that came back for 2020, right? Correct. Yes. Yep, 2020. So if they're not sold out or you have a dealer holding on to one, you could actually get your ZR2 Bison from Chevy uh, right now for 2020. But above and beyond that, AV has some more goodies, and that's what the uh, the truck we have today is. Yes, uh, the truck we have today is a uh, ZR2 Bison. And what our package does is essentially add all the aftermarket accessories that we've been producing over the past couple years since the Bison was introduced with the addition of one big uh, important part, and that is our Highmark fender flares. Um, for those of you that follow the brand, you'll recognize that from our Ram uh, product line. Same basic concept. It's a big flare that allows you to run a big tire with no lift. Um, in this case, the ZR2, the EV ZR2 Bison has a 35-inch tall BF Good uh, KM3 mud train so basically same tire size as you might have on let's say uh raptor except on a lot shorter and narrower package so a lot more maneuverable but similar ground clearance and obviously the stance on the zr2 bison with the uh, 35s freaking awesome it's perfect yeah it you know aesthetics it has a really aggressive but proportional look to it and definitely to you know pat our friends over at gm on the back the the best part about this truck is it keeps all that engineering r&d and all that work that they did on the zr2 suspension and it keeps it all we don't this truck happens to have a leveling kit and some tie rod reinforcement sleeves and the high angle uh, upper control arm from gm but aside from that, there's no suspension modification. So this is still using the Multimatic shocks, and so you still take advantage of, of that spool valve setup, which is actually really cool. If you guys are interested in seeing how those are, there's a bunch of stories on fourwheeler.com and trucktrend.com about how the Multimatic spool valves work, as uh, also uh, along with uh, our long-term report on our ZR2 diesel. So a lot of good reading material, and imagine this vehicle is built off of that. And so... From the ZR2 to the ZR2 Bison, you add the AV low tube center section, the uh, AV, 
AV build plaque, which is special to customers that have them built as a turnkey solution at the factory. Uh, you have a special IP cluster, but all the options are, are pretty cool. You guys have the snorkel, uh, which, by the way, people always ask, well, does the snorkel make a lot of wind noise? And honestly, hardly any on our drive today, and we did highway and off-road. And I was actually really impressed that the, the driving experience is very similar to stock. Uh, other than knowing that you're a little bit higher off the ground. Uh, you guys have your AV light packages, your winch package, skid plates, splash guards. You have an awesome vertical tire mount that you can now be mounted in the bed, yeah. even with the 35, so you don't have to worry about where's that spare going to go. Right. Uh, you can do painted fender flares, the hood decal and roof, and then obviously GM Performance offers a host of suspension upgrades that, that you guys can put on as well. Maybe walk us through some of those AV parts and... and what are the ones that really transform the uh, the bison into your turnkey, or or what are the ones that I think people would notice the most? The most I think for me, it's maybe the light packages and also the uh, that rear bumper is so awesome with the tube and and all that stuff. As I mentioned before, I touched on the high mark fender flares. That's a huge part, in my opinion. I think some of the really big features of this truck is. You know, the ZR2 Bison comes from the factory with our front bumper, which will accept a winch. What we do is we install that winch for you. You know, the person buying this truck, when they pick it up, you know, their front bumper is fully dressed with all the off-road lighting, their winch is installed, it's ready to go. Same with the rear bumper. Um, That's a really notable feature of this truck. Uh, Features solid corner protection for the bed. But also, that bumper comes from come stock on the ZR2 Bison and it has provisions for auxiliary lighting. Now on that truck, it just comes with a plug on the, on our version, we knock that plug out and install your lights for you. Um, so little things like that, we're taking advantage of those features that we built into the products when we designed all these parts for the ZR2 Bison. Um, obviously also the snorkel that that's something that everyone knows um, it, it, they've gotten popular over the years and, you know, out here in Southern California, it, it's a, almost a must have accessory, not yeah. for the water, but <laughs> for the dust. Yeah. You see a lot of guys that are running around with snorkels and I, I don't know if everybody realizes that having a snorkel can actually help in the dust because it gets your air intake up above the dust cloud. If you're running in, in, in line and, and you guys also have some snorkel accessories that'll be available that also help with the dust mitigation um one thing we didn't talk about uh av rear differential cover 410 axle gears um and the av crest stone dual sport wheels are are pretty awesome as well yep and one thing i just want to touch on because it's a question that we get asked a lot and there's a lot of the same content but we are also going to be offering an aev zr2 package so that's for the standard zr2 not the bison it seems that the most polarizing part of the bison is the front end people either love it or hate it um so we now will have packages for either either truck the zr2 guys can take advantage of all our skid plates the bison rear bumper but keep that look that they you know they bought that truck for that look sure yeah so um yeah that we're really excited about these packages for both the bison and the zr2 um, all right, so let's get to the big boy. So that's obviously the Prospector XL. Um, this is the new 2019-2020 Ram platform that, you know, I guess people will refer to it as a fifth gen. I know it's it's hard for me to overstay. I got had a chance to drive it off-road, which it was awesome. We were, we were popping tires up, and which is great. But what we really love about it is the highway. And so you have a vehicle that 
you know, big bore, 8100, uh, Bill Stein shocks. The tuning is phenomenal. We were driving on IROC 41-inch tires. There's no rubbing off-road, plenty of power on the highway, and it rides probably better than a factory Ram. And it's it's people think, no, there's no way. But until you have a chance to experience it, it's amazing. If you're a guy with a 12, 13, even 17, 18,000 pound trailer and you need a three quarter ton capability, but you also need to go off road or deep snow or, or expedition or oil fields or whatever. This truck literally does it all with, you know, almost no compromise. I mean, I know that that term can be thrown around a lot, but, but no compromise is really what you were going for. Yeah. And, and no compromise is a, is a, that's a general philosophy that we have always subscribed to. So the Prospector XL, you know, the reason people are buying heavy-duty trucks is to work. And we want this truck to be a work truck, but to also be a fun truck. You know, something that you can pack the family up, put your sliding camper in the bed, and go take off. You know, but also something you can drive every day. If if you are work literally working out of the truck, you know, they're perfectly at home on the job site. So it's really, we, we really want to make the most versatile you know adventure vehicle out there so you touched on the driving you know the on-road uh driving manners that was huge uh people look at the truck and immediately the traditional stigmas associated with lifted trucks come to mind but when you get behind the wheel of this it just feels like a comfortable stable secure truck that you know, aside from the physical dimensions, it's very ma- manageable. Well, I think the secret is in how you guys fit the 40. So a lot of people might go, oh, well, you know, 40 inch tires require a 10 inch lift or something right. like that. But what you guys ended up doing is you have a three inch lift on there mm-hmm. and you have your high mark uh, flares, which you cut out some of the body and yep. you move the axle forward as part of your um, as part of your suspension setup. So what that does is it moves those big tires away from the firewall, allows you to make those sharp turns. You keep the same turning radius as stock. You don't have rubbing off-road. Um, a little bit longer wheelbase for stability. And you're only lifting the truck three inches, which means that you have a really low roll center, uh, center of gravity, and you don't feel like you're high up. In fact, other than being high up because of the physical size of the tires, it drives just like a factory Ram. There's no additional head toss there's no feeling like you're up on top of something really you know twitchy or or something that's that is you know tall and and wander i mean it tracks straight drives straight it's quiet it handles um sway bar all that stuff it just it all just works together and i was the most impressed by that because i don't know that there's another pickup truck on the market that you can buy that has all of the capability as well as the comfort and whatnot of the the prospector this next generation prospector xl really represents like the next generation of aev parts this truck is a culmination of a lot of things that we've been working on ever since the previous generation went uh past model um a, a few really big important parts for us that a lot of people have been waiting on are the front and rear bumpers the front bumper Visually, to to the average person, it looks pretty much like a carryover from our previous generation, except this has all the um, adjustments made to it to accommodate things like front park sense. We incorporated a uh, lower intercooler skid plate. That was something on the fourth gen that a lot of people asked for. Well, now we will be bringing that to market for the fifth gen, and it'll also be backwards compatible. 
in that same note, the rear bumper has been something we've been working on for years. This truck has it, and it'll also be backwards compatible on the part side for previous years. Which is huge, because I know there's been a lot of people that have been waiting for yes. the news so they can have that matchy-matchy of a matching rear bumper with your front bumper. Um, you guys also have hydraulic steering assist, uh, Toyo 40-inch open country empty tires. Which are Our great, standard. Standard, great tire uh, for all around, but if you're in deep snow or mud, the IROC 41 inches are available. And then you guys have a host of options, whether it's the lighting package, the 16.5 Ti winch, tonneau cover bed rack by the way the bed rack i know you guys do it on on turnkey packages at your factory yep. uh super cool it's just a it's, it doesn't look like anything else on the market it's a it's very clean but also very versatile just all the you know amp research power the side steps uh, interior packages your brand new seven inch led off-road lights which you also have coming out which will fit your new uh, jl bumpers yep you got a couple different versions of the brush guard and tubes you got yep. your snorkel with ram air AV differential covers. Custom paint now. We're doing custom paint. Um, that's an option on all our vehicles. If you want to change the color, just order a black vehicle and we'll take care of the rest. That, that's incredible. Um, okay, so if I'm interested in a ZR2 Bison from the mm-hmm. factory, turnkey, a Prospector XL, mm-hmm. a JL, I know I need to go to avconversions.com. What do I do from there and how do I find a dealer? You can go about it a couple ways. One, if you have been a customer of ours in the past, looked at our vehicles, and you know of your local AEV dealer, uh, go pay them a visit, say hi. They'll be more than happy to help you out and kind of start walking you through the process. Uh, If you don't and you kind of don't know where to start, by all means, you can give us a call um, on our main vehicle sales line or uh, contact us through the website. As Sean mentioned, it's aev-conversions.com. And we have a build and price tool on our website, so you can actually build up your vehicle and then submit it to us. And if you're requesting information or need help finding a dealer, we'll give you a call and we'll get you in touch with them. Awesome. So that's av-conversions.com. And then people want to follow follow you on social? Uh, Make sure you follow us on both Instagram and Facebook um, at AEV Conversions. Awesome. Well, uh, if you guys are interested in finding out more about uh, my my drive impressions, uh, head over to fourwheeler.com and you'll see some stories uh, coming up on the Prospector XL and the uh, new ZR2 Bison. Love the brand, love the products, super high quality. So uh, Matt, thanks for inviting us out today and uh, letting me get behind the wheel of the beast. My pleasure, Sean, and now we owe you a couple test drives in the jail and the Gladiator, so maybe we can make something happen soon. Oh, that's right. We haven't even talked Gladiator yet. No, we haven't. All right. Well, it sounds like we'll uh, have to uh, talk later this year. Yep. Save that for next time. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. Holman, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Um, I've been waiting for 20 years, and you (laughs) haven't done so much as buy me dinner. I'm telling you, that's not true. We went to Shake Shack, and I bought, not last time, but the time before. Okay, and then how many times before that? 20. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, oh, oh, you bought me 20 times. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. happened. Uh-huh. But I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you dividends like you have no idea. No, I'm waiting. I'm serious. Like real hardcore cash money legitness. I'm going to make you serious ducats. I'm waiting. Do you know how? Nope. Garrett. Garrett Motion. Famous for turbos. Yeah. Their stock is currently $7.20 a share. And you think after this interview. Yes. No, that's insider trading. We can't do that. We are so good. Our interview with Tim Colty and Scott Birdsall is going to be so badass, it's going to be $70 
tomorrow morning. Invest right now. Invest. Invest. How about we just call Tim? All right, just dial. This is Tim. Tim, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing, dude? Hey, guys. How's it going? Fantastic. Don't move. we got a quick intro for you. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. Now, my normal gag every single time we play this is we talk about our wives and whether they're pissed or not because we're spending money. This time, she's freaking mad as hell. She's so mad. She's mad. Yeah. Because she doesn't understand turbos. She doesn't know why you need another one. Or a bigger one. A bigger one. Yes. (laughs) And she's eight. You gotta always have the latest and greatest. Exactly. All right. So, Tim, I don't think that we've had anyone on the show to represent the turbo suppliers of the world. Yeah. A- so this is my friend. The first. Yeah, my friend Tim Colty works for Garrett. You guys may remember Garrett from such awesome uh, turbos as Garrett Turbos. Right? That's it? That's the one? <laughs> I think Garrett is the biggest name in aftermarket turbos. Now they've been making OE turbos forever, right? But when you think of... Everyone talks Garrett turbos in the in the truck world, in the sport compact car world, you know, the JDM stuff. Like, it's Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. How did it get that way? So Garrett started, uh, you'd say, the, let's say in the 50s, uh, kind of started off with the first um, turbocharged car in the automotive aftermarket or in the OE, sorry, uh, with the Pontiac Jetfire. So, you know, what happened was then we started getting more contracts with other suppliers and John Deere and Caterpillar making bigger turbos for tractors. And then when the big, like, let's say, sport compact uh, drag racing scene um, started to hit real big in like uh, late 90s, I'd say, and getting into the 2000s where, where they were taking just big turbos and putting them on imports. And, you know, that's sort of how we started to really, really get our name. Uh, in the turbocharging, like in the performance world of turbochargers. So, yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff. They would just take these old turbos that were not rated for, you know, high RPMs and just just rev them to the moon and, and try to, you know, try to break records. And that's, that's what ended up happening with a lot of these the big import names. Tim, how many people that run your turbos do you think actually understand them? <laughs> it's always a debate. You know, being the marketing guy there, I... And being, you know, an enthusiast myself, but more so I started in the truck and off-road scene. Um, turbos are always cool and they've always been cool. I think they're they're cool to a lot of people, but they're uh, very complex uh, for from how you match the turbo to, uh, you know, what the things you look for when you're matching, you know, the drivetrain loss. We rate them for, for crank, pa- crank horsepower, but... You know, a lot of people think that if you want a 1200 horsepower out of your your setup you need to go with a 1200 horsepower turbo and that's not true you need more like a something that can support uh let's say 1500 uh to be safe so the I'm harder you put that turbo, hotter the air is uh so you want to find one that's that's efficient you know i guess depending on the application there's so many well so then you, many there, there's so variables. many variables right because you have to figure out especially like in the diesel industry what might light off at sea level isn't going to light off at altitude and getting the turbos to spool up is a huge problem for people that that are racing at different levels. And then you have to have a turbo that's sized appropriately. You look at, you know, 
the advent of VGT, so on these big OE vehicles, the turbo can- Variable yeah. geometry turbo. That's right. Yes. And so that yeah. you can have a turbo that does well at sea level, but is, can equally be at home towing the uh, the grade up in Colorado with a trailer on the back or something like that, you know? Yeah, one that has enough room to, uh, to still make the power when you're up at elevation. You have to- spin the turbo harder less uh you know less density oxygen density or air density up there so to make the same power at sea level you uh or at, at elevation you have to you have to push the turbo harder yeah you, you mentioned the vnt stuff too and that's one big thing that garrett was one of the uh, original companies to make for the diesel trucks um so that way it's a vein or, or i guess you could call it a bunch of like maybe like airfoils inside of the turbine housing where these things contract uh you know it's on an on an actuator so it is basically changing the a over r of the housing at low speeds uh, to allow it to spool quicker and then when you get back up to um, higher engine speeds and, and the turbo spinning uh, at a more efficient rate it'll open it up so it'll you know, allow you to make the power uh, so very cool very cool things it's uh it's an awesome industry the uh the garrett engineering team they're just uh, I mean, I'm not an engineer. But, but did you sleep at Holiday Inn Express last night? I did about a week. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Those commercials where if you sleep at Holiday Inn Express, yeah. you're suddenly like oh. you have like some expertise in I something. I thought he was going to say I'm not an engineer, but I play one on TV. Uh, similar to that, yeah, that okay. joke anyway. Okay. So, so Tim, what, uh, what makes Garrett Turbos different than some of the competitors out there? Because obviously even in the aftermarket with guys hotting up their trucks and, and diesels and gas and there's so many choices – Sell us on Garrett. Yeah, I mean, uh, without sounding too marketing guy-ish. You know, we've been doing it a long time. We have a large engineering team, um, you know, guys that have, I, I guess I'm going to go there in in this conversation. But, you know, we've trained a lot of the industry's uh, engineers for that have moved on to other uh, companies, uh, let's say engineering positions at other turbocharger manufacturers. So there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of knowledge has been passed on from Garrett through the other guys. Uh, you know, let's say like, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the other. <laughs> Tim is <laughs> clearly towing the line right. here. We we're going to let you go. No, though. I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, yeah. You've, you've, you've taught the guys that have now become your competition. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, that, that happens. That's that's, that's a, lo- a lot of business. Your, a lot of the job of a of a turbo manufacturer is educating the consumer because again, they're when you go on GarrettMotion.com and that's the website, double R double T GarrettMotion.com. There's so many. If you don't truly know what you're doing, I don't think you could make a, an educated decision like which one you would have. You've got to seek a consultant, a, 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 a not just a mechanic. Because I don't think mechanics, many mechanics, truly understand. Well, especially in the diesel world, Tim, you're seeing guys bolt on turbos and they've got some giant uh, billows of smoke coming out of the stack. And you're like, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you get into the diesel side of things, uh, not just the, the gas engine side. That seems to be a little more a little more straightforward than, than the diesel side. But, you know, you've got guys running three turbos, you got to run in compounds, you got to run in uh, twins, the, the diesel guys are just, I mean, they're, they're, man, they're, they've got so many crazy ideas. I remember back. Are the diesel guys just brute force? Do you think that they have the schooling that the, that the gas guys do? No, they want the biggest damn turbo that they could put on there because that's part of the deal. (laughs) It depends. It it depends, right? I mean, there, there are the, there's the dino guys that, uh, that want to hit, uh, two, 3000 horsepower, 
um, you know, and you have the the engines that can that can hold a ton of boost um, and a ton of torque. You got the show, you know, show guys that are just doing a twin setup and they just want something that's full three, four hundred horsepower, uh, and they treat that more like a like a gas engine would be matched, uh, right? And then you've got you got guys like Scott Birdsall that are running a, a diesel truck up Pikes Peak uh, with a compound setup and doing it at like shift sector. So he's doing half mile roll racing, trying to break land speed records with the same truck and running multiple different setups. So he's a crazy it, man. Very com- complicated. It's like super tricky to, to get the right setup. And we're going to call him in a second because we want to talk about his badass F1. But oh. let's let's back you up a little bit. Hey, yeah. Tim, what's a turbo? <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, there might be people listening who who yeah. hear turbo. How does it work? What what, what is it? What does it do? <laughs> All right. Well, turbo. Uh, yeah. So turbo makes more air, uh, which allows your engine to make more horsepower when you know when given more fuel. So the the turbo uh, has two separate wheels, right? It has a compressor wheel that takes in cold air, and then you have your turbine wheel, which is on the hot side. That's driven by all the exhaust gases coming out of your of your engine. So the faster that your engine runs, the more exhaust gas gets pumped through the turbo. The turbine wheel spins faster, but the so the turbine wheel and the compressor wheel are all on one shaft, being supported by a bearing. Uh, and in most cases these days, it's a ball bearing cartridge, dual ball bearing cartridge. So the, again, the faster the engine spinning, the more air is coming through the engine into the turbine housing and the hot side of the turbo spinning that faster, which then in turn is breathing or compressing more cold air uh, into the turbo, which then runs through uh, most of the time an intercooler and back through the engine to to give you that extra uh, the extra air. So. The reason why there's so many different sizes of turbos, like in the Garrett lineup, in the performance lineup, there's around 35 or 40 different turbos. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's a GTX series, and there's G series. G series, GTW, GT, GTN2. Man, there's just, there's so much stuff, and it can get super, super tricky. But each compressor wheel package, let's say, each, each wheel package and each size turbo is rated for a certain amount of horsepower and a certain amount of displacement. So, you know, if you have a six liter engine and you want to make 600 horsepower, you try to find a turbo that's within those uh, ranges. And each of those ranges, you know, are listed on all the, the turbo pages. But, you know, you want to find something that it's it's safe to say you want to find something that's within the middle or to the middle to the three quarter on the high end of of those ranges. If you want to stay uh, in, a, in an efficient uh, range. All right, so this is what's interesting. If you go to uh, GarrettMotion.com, and they actually have a performance turbocharger, sort of like a uh, advisory page, where you put in horsepower, displacement, and compressor inducer, and you. I'm just playing with it here, and so, for instance, uh, if I put in like 500 horsepower from a, let's say, 3.5 liter lightning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, like an EcoBoost. Uh, interesting, yeah. Interesting, all right. Uh, there's like, there's like uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, and the 25 choices, 28 choices before you even get into the compressor inducer. Let's say we yeah. do 750 horsepower. You still yeah. have five, like, uh, still have like 25 choices, 24 choices. If you do 1,000, you still have like 10 choices. Tim, what's the hell, <laughs> man? You got overlap on top of overlap. How the hell do I choose my turbo? I'm so confused. <laughs> Best thing to do 
or one of the best things to do. We have a lot of distributors that, that have been around in this industry uh, for 20, 30 years plus. You can call any of those guys and they'll give you some, some even better, even more accurate uh, turbo matches. But then the other thing you want to do is we also have the, the program. It's an app that we created because the horsepower and displacement aren't the, they're the main two inputs that you need. But then if you want to get really detailed into it, we have that program uh, on the website. It's called Boost Advisor. So you could log into that and it walks you through about 10 different steps. Uh, everything from what's your target horsepower. And again, that's target crank horsepower. Then we get into like elevation, what's your temperature. And also how you... cool you want to be too, right? That's that's <laughs> one of the things you check off there. No, I don't think so. Because you're going to with the biggest one every single time. <laughs> is that it's going to it run yeah. really inefficiently. Well, but maybe you don't want it to be, maybe you just want to be uh, kind of cool and not like super cool. And so uh, your your price range uh, you know, your 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 champagne tastes say super cool, but your beer budget says just sort of cool. <laughs> but you can't just look at the turbos. For example, he also has drop-in intercoolers. Yep. So not only can you buy the uh, the core, just a block core, and make fabricate your own. Yep. But he's yep. got uh, you can get a a drop-in intercooler for up to six hundred horsepower for twenty fifteen three point five liter to two or two point seven liter Ford F one fifty. Huh. That would be for yours. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. How about a 2011 yep. to 2017 yeah. Ford Ranger 3.2 liter and a 2.2 liter? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Duratec, the uh, diesel one. That's yep. mostly uh, overseas customers, but uh, yeah. So we've been doing a lot of drop-in stuff, drop-in performance. We see that there's you know there's a lot of home and DIYers that want to just a little bit more. Garrett uh, made a pretty crazy announcement back in October of last year, and yep. I'm super confused about this because I was always told that the hairdryer turbocharger on eBay was no good, <laughs> yet Garrett is coming out and they are promising that the electric turbochargers are headed to production in 2021. Can you tell us a little bit about electric turbocharging? So, and okay, can I get so, it on eBay? No. <laughs> <laughs> Those, uh, yeah, all the, all the e-turbo stuff that, uh, that the engineers are developing right now are for, you know, for, projects here in the in the near future um these are two so there's like fuel cell there's e-turbo e-turbo is like um kind of a combination of uh of how could we explain it like the, the hybrid system so you're basically you're you're taking energy from the battery you are putting it through the uh, the center section. Uh, if you want to look at it, like it has a like a motorcycle stator. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like uh, if you look at it, instead of your traditional uh, exhaust driven turbo, um, the housing's a little different on the electric turbocharger, where uh, it pl- the I guess the electric uh, uh, motor. Well, I don't know if it's a motor, but it's the the housings are are apart a little bit. And I'm curious, like. It's got to be a motor. The, is the, what is the electric helping? And if you are you using any exhaust gas? And if you aren't, does that make it a supercharger? So help me out here, Tim. So it uses it uses the uh, the energy or battery to basically make it a a zero lag or very limited lag turbo. Oh. Uh, and then once it gets up to speed, it's running like normal turbo. Got it. Oh. Oh, so it's like a, it's like an e assist turbo. You could call it like a e anti lag, but I don't want to say anti lag. So it's pre spinning it. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, Taking wow. what could take a minute or not a minute, a second and a half, let's say, to spool a turbo and, you know, dropping that to not even a second. Interesting. All right. Well, that uh, that makes way more sense we, than what I was imagining. We, we don't hate doing. it as much. Now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can deal with e-assist. That's fine. Yeah, that's really more what it's what is geared to do is uh, assist the turbo um, to still make driving fun. And uh, yeah, it's it's something our our teams are working on right now. Pretty complex stuff because to to be able to spin the turbo that fast and control it, you have to have amazing electronics that are able to read the signals qu- uh, quickly enough um, so you don't overspin and, and start breaking things. Um, and so those, a, those sensors, I know, because we just bought one at work, a turbo speed sensor, they're pricey. Oh, so yeah. anything that spins yeah. above 100,000 RPM, to be able to clock that, yeah, so, pricey. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. So the turbo has got to be one of the live in one of the most uh, harsh environments of an engine compartment, right? Because not only... Are you going through uh, heating and cooling cycles? You're also spinning something at a, at a high rate of speed. You've got to have these bearings that are going to last. But you're also putting hot exhaust gases through one side, cool gases through the other side of it. And so you have to have a housing that's durable enough to not crack under these di- diverse and various uh, heat ranges. What do you do? How, how is the modern turbo designed to survive the type of environment that uh, truck enthusiasts run them through? Yeah, good question. Um <laughs> So, you know, I guess on the OE side, when you're looking at the OE side of things, the turbos are, when, when a turbo is being engineered or developed for, a, for an OE, we know the engine parameters, we know EGTs, we know where the turbo is going to operate. So being able to match uh, an efficient compressor wheel that makes the power but makes it efficiently is, um, I don't want to say easy, but it's, you know, we have three, three years of development usually with the OEs, to, to put together a, a turbo that makes the power and makes it efficiently. So, you know, we do a lot of testing. We do the the fatigue testing. We do burst testing. So we make sure that these, if they were to have a, a turbo failure, that they all the wheels contain inside the housing. So keeping people safe, uh, you know, keeping drivers safe, that's a big thing for, for Garrett, uh, especially being an OE supplier is that we have to, conform to these very strict testing uh, procedures to be able to make turbos for the OEs. And same thing on the performance side. So we actually, we don't have to do all those tests uh, that we would do for the OEs when it comes to our performance turbos, but we do. You know, and when you look at like a turbo, let's let's just say our biggest turbo, it's a 118 millimeter turbine wheel. Oh my God. Like a 106 millimeter compressor wheel. So it's rated for 3000 horsepower. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. is that all big turbo uh, let's thing, see what what how many uh how many millimeters was it 118 118 on the turbine wheel so that's almost a uh, five inch turbine wheel it's big <laughs> it's huge. Dude, that's big yeah it's huge it's a monster wow can you so imagine that being blown out your smokestack yeah <laughs> i know what five oh, inches yeah. looks like and i'm yeah you do you. it's you're, big you're not the only one in your house <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> yep that's what she said yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a, a paper one of our engineers put together on if that turbo was spinning at let's roughly 130,000 RPM and it had a hub burst. So hub burst is when the turbine wheel fails and it breaks apart into three pieces. 
We just uh, simply call it when your engine goes boom. Well, we saw that at uh, UCC <laughs> last year, the year before, yeah. with uh, Dirty Hooker Diesel. Yep. And That's he right. fragged a turbo, and it just shoots well. <laughs> through the hood and everything. It's just, uh, it's a... Rains, yeah. rains on the crowd. <laughs> and that, that was a compressor wheel burst. Um, you know, we kind of looked at the, the guy's footage and stuff. Not a Garrett turbo. Um, <laughs> He's proud to say. Was. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that was a compressor wheel burst. I think what happened is it uh, the wheel touched down and and hit the compressor housing. A lot of times these performance turbos are getting spun faster than their recommended RPM. He had no idea. We spoke to him afterwards. He had no clue how fast um, it was spinning. Didn't and have the faintest scary. idea. And that's scary because check this out. So like our engineer did a test, not a test, but he wrote a paper on how much energy a wheel has and this is the the turbine wheel so it's heavier it's more dense has much more energy when it's being spun at like 130,000 rpm but to for example those turbos are usually only rated for like 85,000 rpm so if you if you had one going about 130,000 rpm and it broke apart the energy is equivalent to about 3 or 4 50 caliber oh my bullets gosh. being shot at the same point, at point blank range. That's a lot uh, of energy. So, the turbine housings, you know, we engineer them to make sure that it would contain uh, if it did come apart. A 50 caliber. 50. Yeah. Yeah. Like the size of a screwdriver, basically. Dude, 50 cal is a, that's a, that's a sizable bullet. You do not I want I watched, to, I saw you, Rambo, dude. It's, it's yeah. legit. You do not want it to get <laughs> anywhere near a 50 cal. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin dude, your day. I watched the dude stray from the jungle with those things yeah, from the copter. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> Mowing down trees. <laughs> hey, how do, how do we take this interview and and uh, and make it better? I think uh, we might have to uh, we might have to call uh, Scott Burzell. Uh, We're gonna call Scotty because he owns Old Smoky, which I think is now greater than twelve hundred horsepower, and I think he's one of the few guys that actually understands intercooling too. All right, so oh. t- Tim, stay on the line. Hold on. We're gonna try and call him and connect you, to connect all of us. Hang on one sec. Okay. Scott? Yeah, this is me. Hey, Scott, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? How's it going? I think not bad. How you doing? Good. good. We got Tim on the line as well. Tim, you still with us? What's up, Scotty? I am. Fantastic. Hey, Don't move. We got a quick intro. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Yeah, uh, we're thinking you should share about your uh, F1 that's making like 1,400 horsepower and what a wild man like you are doing to uh, beat the world record of Pike's Peak. <laughs> well, you know, I got old Smokey F1. It's a tube chassis 1949 Ford uh, Ford truck. And it's um, badass, by the way. For anybody who hasn't seen that, uh, head over to uh, to ChucklesGarage.com uh, or... Just uh, type in Chuckles Garage and a ton of videos and photos of this thing comes up. I think it's the Hoonigan video, so where the, the Donut Garage, or whatever they're calling it, um, down in Long Beach, it's got like 7.7 million views. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. So chances are yeah, 50 uh, listeners have seen it before. I think they've all seen it, yes. <laughs> there's definitely videos of the truck out there and me doing you know questionable things in it. So <laughs> That's our, fa- those are our favorite kind of videos. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the king of that right now, so... But yeah, it's a you know tube chassis truck. It's got a it's got a compound turbocharged uh, Cummins turbo diesel in it. Um, two big giant Garrett turbochargers on it, and you know makes makes a fourteen hundred. Well, the highest dyno we number we've got on it is fourteen sixty three and over two thousand pound feet of torque. 
and the dino said, "Please get off me." It wasn't. It wasn't happy. The load cell. The load cell <laughs> doesn't like that torque. No, I, I I can imagine. So walk us through the genesis of the truck because I know that the truck has gone through several different variations and. Over time, it's gotten more power as you have gotten a little crazier with and it. And it's not just a normal 5.9. It's out of like a Freightliner or something? No, so that was the the original motor we stuck in. It was a 5.9 that I sourced out of an old, not old. It was like a 2005 Freightliner. Okay. The new motor is actually, uh, they're made by Dynamite Diesel, and they're 6.7 liters. Okay. They're really the same block. It's the it's the uh, 6.7 common rail that's in the, um, that's in the newest uh, Dodge trucks. Right. Same same one in my 2019 Dodge truck. They're built to the teeth, you know, big rods, coated pistons, girdles, pretty much everything you can do to them. But yeah, I, th- I think what's different about that engine setup are the turbos, which, of course, Tim can talk about, but is your intercooling setup. I mean, what the guys on Hoonigan pointed out and, and what's obvious, I think, when you've taken – you've had the truck at SEMA before, correct? Yeah, it's been to SEMA four times. Four times? Okay. So it's all the all the polished piping. And I think you're one of the few – most guys see it and they go, I don't get all the piping. Why all this piping? But you're one of the only guys that understand intercooling and actually intercooling between the turbos and between – so talk us through that, how it works. And, and by know- the way, it's industrial <laughs> art. It's gorgeous. Like if you see the <laughs> truck you. and you see the craftsmanship and you see how the turbo setup is arranged, it's really cool. Yeah, everything, you know, it's form form follows function in my you know, the way I build things. You know, I don't try to you know, it's gotta it's gotta work, but it's also gotta look good. So you know, I try to try to make it flow and all fit together. Um but you know, on the in, on the intercooling thing, right? Cooling the charge in between the new compound turbos is pretty important because like you know, your high pressure turbo is getting tons and tons of heat from that big one. Right now we actually deleted that center intercooler that's that's uh why is that what were we because it weighs a lot and uh to meet the pike's peak rules um i had to delete the whole water to air intercooler system oh bummer so we just run we run air to air now okay but to kind of cheat that i spray uh methanol in between the two stages oh there there you go go. yeah that'll chill it okay there's a low pressure turbo which is a large one and uh, the high pressure turbo which is the which is the smaller one that's run on the manifold, and that one gets all the angry, gets all the hot air. It has to compress, you know, instead of take instead of working off atmosphere, this this turbo is breathing like 40 psi of boost. It sees a lot of angry, and the less the less uh, the less heat you can throw at it, the more power it makes. And so, what was by pulling that intercooler out? What, what was that? What was what temp was that dropping between turbos when you had the water to air? intercooler in there well when i when i had the water to air um oh god what was it because i'm guessing like 80 degrees or more right oh it was more than that i mean because it's it'll it it blows like 250 degrees without the thing in there damn um i think we were 60 50 or 60 degrees above ambient oh wow on on full boost okay 100 plus degree drop yeah it's a big, it's a big deal. You know, Bell Intercoolers makes all of, the, all the coolers for Smokey are like bespoke to the truck, um, and they built that one. And it's, you know, it's got a, it uses a thousand horsepower core just, just between the charges. So, Jeez. but we were talking to Tim 
or before you came on, and I, I don't, I personally don't think that that many guys understand how important intercooling is. I don't think no, they really. Is, I don't think they yeah, understand so key what to making power. How how harmful that hot air is, or how um, it just works how much against it, how much it degrades power and, yeah. and and makes your your setup so much less efficient. Heat does two things: it, it robs you of power and it robs you of reliability. You know that's so. that's actually a really good way of of putting it because. I, you know, I think we all know that, but I don't know that I've ever heard anybody verbalize it that way before. I think everybody's well, always been about the power, but you're right. The durability, reliability is absolutely affected by well, heat. Well, it's all, mm-hmm. everyone goes, it's all about boost, right? I think you're making over 106 PSI, at least on that the video that I saw. It's probably more now, but yeah, we've, we've it, made, we've made more than that, but yeah, I mean, it's well over hundred PSI, but it's, but they always say it's about boost, boost, boost. It's like, well, what are you boosting? Are you boosting hot yeah. air? Are you boosting cold, dense air? And then the then their argument falls apart. They're like, because every every truck show you go to, like, what kind of boost you're running? I'm like, why does it matter? I could run a lot less boost if it's cold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh back to that before with the you know the water to air and the and the uh, air to air on the bottom. Um, you know, we run it over 100 psi and kind of found that with spraying a lot of water meth on it and keeping it nice and chilly, especially when you spray it across the intercooler you know, inside, not, not outside the intercooler. Right. Um, you know, we now make the same power on, you know, 90 PSI, you know, quite a bit less boost, but also less um, wear and tear, right? Cause you, you're yeah, not having to worry about your tear, bottom lot, end. A lot more and, efficient. Yeah. What's the, what's the plan for this thing? Oh man. Um, I just want to, I want to break the, uh, the all time diesel record up Pikes peak. That's, that's my big goal. It's um, uh it's two wheel drive, right? Yeah, it's two wheel drive, rear wheel drive only. By the way, if um, you want to uh, check out uh, Scott Birdsall's uh, Instagram at Chuckles Garage, uh, you'll see a copious amount of uh, tires that look fuzzy, uh, like <laughs> they have little fingers uh, on them. They've been well worn. They died heroes. Um, you'll see this killer photo. Uh, I don't know who the photographer was on it, but it's uh, hauling ass with a Christmas tree in the back for uh, for Christmas. Smart leg. Um, but the one that's a little jarring is uh, the one of it in the ditch. So could you talk to us about that a little bit? Oh, no. Yeah, so that was uh, – yeah, that sucked pretty bad. So that was um, 2018 Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Um, there's a notorious corner that everybody's crashed on. Um, Travis Pastrana crashed there. Is that, uh, is that the negative Wart- camber one? Uh, no, many. it's – it's it's fairly flat, but what happens is you've got a really high speed section leading up to it, um, and you cannot see the corner, and it just goes full ninety on you and up the hill. Ooh. So you so you know it's guys, coming, you just don't know exactly when it's coming. So you either get lucky on timing or you yeah, don't. You know, here's the I, I don't even have a cool story. It's like <laughs> I basically made a driver error and I shot off the mountain. <laughs> Oh my god! How scary uh, was that? It's man. You know what? It's kind of wild. You know, I just uh, so what happened is I'm I'm coming around and I knew it was there and I was getting ready for it and I made a really bad stab at the brake and my foot slipped a little bit and just that tiny little second was like enough to overshoot the corner and I knew that in my head so I just went all in. I just 
put on the brake as hard as I could. I took my hands off the I took my hands off the wheel and I just relaxed and just waited for it. Oh. Yeah, because I knew I knew if I tried to turn, I would have rolled down the hill. Oh yeah, you know, and you rather hit something head on and stop than roll. And I just yeah, I just I was like, oh god. Now I know this is not the equivalent of Pike's Peak, but we were doing a uh, a really kind of dramatic drone shot. Uh, uh, for the magazine at Truck Trend with a yellow Nissan Titan XD, same type of situation where we were coming into a, a hard 90 degree. So the idea was to pitch it around the corner, get it opposite lock and power through it. And so the, the, uh, the final shot where I'm driving is awesome because the rear tire is right on the edge of the road and it's roosting and it's, it's badass. But a couple shots before that, and they left a clip of it in, I did the exact same thing you did. I knew it was coming. I braked a little bit. My foot slipped, and I went straight off the edge into the desert. <laughs> and I was doing about 45 or 50 when I went off the road. And, I mean, there's, like, uh, you know, bushes and rocks. I mean, we're talking, like, rocks off the road and, you know, up off 395 that are probably, you know, seven, eight inches in diameter, like big, <laughs> big rocks, and blew, completely blew the corner and just was like, oh, I effed up. And, of course, the whole film crew's there, the drone's there, and I dr- limp it over to the production guy, and I'm like, how bad is it? He goes, oh, what? Yeah. He goes what do you mean? I go, how bad is it? And he goes, no, you're good. I'm like, no, the whole front end completely ripped off. He goes, no, it's fine. Keep driving. Not even, yeah, not <laughs> really? even a flat tire or anything. And I nailed it on the next shot. But I thought I completely took the bumper and shoved it up in the radio. I mean, it was violent. So I want to hear what happened to, to Scott. Like, how fast were you going when you shot off? Uh, you know, that's a hundred mile an hour section into the into Woo. the hairpin. I don't. I I probably scrubbed maybe thirty miles an hour off. If you go on YouTube and type in um, "Old Smoky Pikes Peak Crash," it's right there, and it's brutal. <laughs> Did it okay, I mean, feel like it was taking forever? As you're just careening off and floating through the air no it was it was very quick and the stop was instantaneous it was like a ditch right that had sort of a rise on the other side of it yeah so i mean it, it was like hitting a it was like hitting a mountain literally it yeah just, like a big berm and, and, it and just, i assume you had a hans device and the whole thing in there yeah so i wouldn't be talking to you guys right now if right. i didn't if i didn't wear a hans device and uh so how much damage yeah. was done to the truck, and then what did it take to fix it to bring it back to its uh, former glory? And obviously now it's probably even better than it, it was. It gorgeous yeah. now. You'd never know. Yeah, except for the mismatching front uh, front uh, sheet metal. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, part of, cool. that's part of the yeah, it's part of the uh, the fun. It wasted the entire front of the truck, um, ripped the a arms off, broke the steering rack in half, bent the frame, all kinds of stuff, and so, and then I had to get. I had to get rushed to the hospital because they thought I was really screwed up because I couldn't feel my legs and all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh, damn. Mm. Yeah, right? Were you okay? I mean, what's the adrenaline so wore I was, off? I was fine when I thought I was. Definitely an Advil night, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like a couple months, couple months later, I found out that I herniated three discs on my neck. But, oh, you know. geez, man. Whatever. So, here's the fun <laughs> part. <though. Whatever. laughs> here's the fun part. So... I went to the, I went to the, uh, they took me to the trauma center, you know, had me all mobilized so I couldn't like move and took the x-rays, all that nonsense. And my team was like loading the truck into the trail. I don't know how they did it still, but they did it. And I got out of the hospital and I drove straight home and we fixed it in eight days and drove straight back. No way. And then, uh, yeah. And then I, 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 uh, 
made it back for qualifying. Wow, dude, that 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 takes some uh, that takes some some moxie to get that out. Cojones. of Cojones, yeah, no yeah. kidding, man. So, uh, you know, yeah, stupidity, maybe. Scott, but, what yeah. is the uh, what's the current time to beat, and what's it gonna take? Man, and what's the just, class? Uh, it's just diesel powered pickup truck, or what? What? What is the actual class? Yeah, so the class is uh, exhibition class, and exhibition is you know everything that doesn't fit everywhere else. It's just the the exhibition is usually like the really wild race vehicles, and I think the the current record is eleven twenty seven. So Jesus. are you up against other diesels? And what, or what exhibition includes? And what's your anything? fastest time? We just asked him I'm two sorry. questions at simultaneously. Yeah, that was like fourteen questions at once. <laughs> Yeah. So I I was asking, is there diesel and and gas all racing against each other? Yeah, there's no, you know, you're not you're not separated by power plant there. Okay. And electric too. Yeah. And, and what's your fastest yeah. time to date? Uh, you know what? Unfortunately, I don't have a full. So all of our practice times are broken up, so you can't really get like a full time up to the top. Oh, got it. Okay. In 2018. Um, our engine blew up on the last day of practice on the last day of qualifying. So I just went home. I was over it. Um, and then last year it rained. And so it rained so bad. They closed the mountain halfway. It's only got a half run. Yeah. So I don't know. I remember <laughs> we had, we had some friends who were up there and, uh, yeah, everybody was so, super bummed that it rained so hard. Yeah. I do know that it is the fastest diesel ever through section one qualifying. No kidding. All right, so that gives you hope so, that you'll be uh, you'll be fast elsewhere on the track, right? It's just a matter of linking it. I just need I need to I need the truck to survive practice, and I need to survive qualifying, and then I need to make it up the mountain without crashing, and I, I will have the record. I just need I just need to link all those things together. And as easy as that sounds, Pike's Peak is the gauntlet, man. That thing is like it's just gnarly. <laughs> this this is the year, my friend. I can yeah, feel it. I sure hope so. I sure hope so, you guys. I'm... Okay, so what happens? I'm not going to say if, but when you you get that goal, you own the diesel record, you get to the top of Pike's Peak, you high five yourself and scream out loud. What's the next challenge after that? Or do you go on vacation for like a month to uh, the Caribbean with your family or something? I don't know. I might. I might. I might just go to Disneyland and go to Cars. I knew you were going to say <laughs> Cars and coffee afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just right? stay away from Mustangs, dude. That's the only rule. Like, do not. You know that sounds. That sounds funny, but a couple months ago, I actually drove the truck to a Cars and Coffee an hour away on the freeway. Did you really? Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. So, which yeah, fully it's, licensed it's got, the whole thing, dude? His plate yeah, is got, awesome. It's What's got the license plate? and registration. Uh, Smoky up one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were uh, uh, lightning eye off air. We're talking about my uh, my new purchase and trying to figure out what the uh, what the plate should be. My uh, formerly diesel powered '67 F100, uh, the plate uses oil on it, and it now has an EcoBoost in it. <laughs> and we can't figure out what the what the plate should be. So, yeah, I tried to get I tried to get oil burner, but every single thing of that is uh, yeah oil burner. I tried doing that, and then a tire fryer. Every version of tire fryer is gone. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, DNU, oh, I shouldn't say this because maybe I'll take it, but now some <laughs> bastard will take it from me. Uh, D-N-U-T-R-C-K, donut truck, that's not taken in California, just so you oh, know. Oh, interesting. Donut truck could be fun. Yeah. When you <laughs> started building this thing, Scott, did you know it was going to get you famous? Um, no, I had no idea. You know, when I built, when I bought this truck, it was on Craigslist for 300 bucks. 
and I saw it and I'm like, there's no way that's only 300 bucks. And I called the place and they're like, yeah, 300 bucks. So I drove there. It was right in town, like a mile from my shop. Meant to be. And it was, uh, it was in this guy's bushes for 30 plus years. <laughs> Did you have to cut it out of the bushes? No, no, he didn't know it was there. He hit it with an excavator. Oh, shit. what? Yeah. And so then they pulled it out and he threw it on Craigslist and it was still, it had like, it had a dead cat in it. It had like 200 pounds. I'm serious. So there's probably a lot of in rat the back, poop in, in the there. Bed. Oh, there was rat turds everywhere. There was Sounds like, like lightning struck. at least, yeah, there was at least a hundred <laughs> pounds of old nails, like all coagulated together in the bed. Um, I'm hoping you mean like metal nails and not somebody's nail clippings. <laughs> no, no, no. That'd be, that'd be pretty gnarly. But, um, <laughs> I, I ground the guy down to 225 bucks. And I bought yes, it. you did. <laughs> yes. Classic. Oh, it's a little Come steep. On, man. A little steep for me. You know, yeah, can I, you, I can see the argument, or the, excuse me, the negotiation going back and yeah. forth. And it's like, hey, man, I live a mile away. I mean, you want a gun or not? 225. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty, pretty shrewd negotiator. <laughs> You're like, I want a full tank of gas and the floor mats on my way out as well. Right? <laughs> so before, no, I, before this rig, what was Chuckles known for? What do you guys, what's the daily? Um, well, man, my, my cars are all over the map. Yeah, if you go to your like, Instagram, uh, you've got Porsches, you've got Jay-Z uh, Supras yeah. and stuff like that. You've got trucks. I was looking at uh, your Brutus build. looks pretty badass. Oh, yeah. Brutus is awesome. Let's um, well, so Brutus is a, it's a 2005 um, BMY Harsco six-wheel drive, uh, five-ton military truck. The only things I've done to it is I you know, turned up, we modified the stock fuel pump, um, made it breathe better, and put bigger tires on it. and it's pretty. It's pretty fun, and it's street legal. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I think uh, that's the cars and coffee thing you take because if a Mustang spins out into you, it'll just shake it right off. Yeah, no, it'll just laugh. <laughs> we actually squish cars in the parking lot for fun with it. Nice. Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> here, I'll show. On, I'm man. showing lightning. That, that's here. Brutus. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> that's awesome. Are, are those on fifties? Size uh, tires. Fifty threes. Yeah, what are those XMLs or something like that? Yeah, fifty three. Yeah. So what type of vehicle are you building for customers or is this all your own, your own shenanigans? No, Chuckles Garage is like a full service race shop. Um, we build a lot of uh, European cars, mostly BMWs. I also am half owner of Resolute Motorsports and we build the uh, Overland Porsche. Uh, uh. And then we have a, we have a road Porsche we build as well. It's called the Tonto 911. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You're not having fun, are you? No, I, I hate cars. <laughs> <laughs> this is he's got the dream gig over here, dude. The uh, the uh, Overland Porsche is freaking badass. Check this out. It's got the ducktail on the back, nine eleven lifted. Oh, that is reminds cool. me of like the old uh, rally cars back in. I, I guess that would be what late late seventies style, a little little bit. Some of the the rallies that did uh, kind of kind of kind of mid eighties to, okay. to early nineties. They were that late? Uh, Porsche was campaigning cars just like that. That's oh, so cool. So that that car actually right now is going through uh, version two. Um, it's over at Rassant Products in um, Long Beach, and they're doing a 3.6 liter motor for it, individual throttle body fuel injection, like Motec management, like all the stuff. And it's going to be so gnarly when it comes back. Take us back to the uh, old Smokey for a second. When you right. were when you were building that engine and you were specking it out, go back to working with. Garrett and figuring out that engine layout 
and how you worked with Garrett and coming up with the turbos and intercoolers and all that. Oh, God, it's all witchcraft. Um, <laughs> I previously was working with another turbo manufacturer, and I wasn't really happy with, like, the spool and uh, just the efficiency of the chargers. Like, the thing the thing was a pig. But how'd you really so feel about it? <laughs> it? No, it was. I mean, it's just that, you know, then I switched I switched over to Garrett's and 5533, right? Yes. No, he texted me. He goes, I'm on another call. I'm on mute right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tim bounced on us. I know. But basically, <laughs> He's still basically, he sent me, he sent me uh, ball bearing, water-cooled um, GTX turbos. It was a 94 mil and an 80 mil. And I put those on without even changing the tune. I made like almost 200 more horsepower and the, it's just spooled so much faster. You know, I won't run anything else now. So, so it turns out Garrett knows what uh, they're talking about. Yeah. So, and you know, their, their engineers are always right there for me when I need them. I don't know. It's just this, this stuff works. I mean, there's, there's certain things that just get to be a no brainer and it's like they're ball bearing water cooled turbos are the business, they're, especially with the gen two arrow on them. They're so efficient. Are you using Garrett's across other builds? I don't put anything else on anything. Gotcha. I mean, considering so, the breadth of your build and all the different things that you're doing, that's that's pretty high praise. Yeah. Right now, I've got uh, we've got several turbo projects in the shop. Uh, we've got a 1970 Celica that we've got a Garrett GTX 3584 RS on. You know, that thing will be like 800 horsepower with a 2JZ. <laughs> Uh, my personal Supra, we got twin Garrett G25 660s on it, and we're looking to make 1,200 wheel with that. So I just um, went on the, uh, while you're uh, talking to me, you inspired me for a plate name, and I thought for my EcoBoost powered F100, we, I just figured it out, and I just put it through the California DMV because you can check. Taken. Ah. Let me show it to you. Okay, let me see it. What is it? Old spool. Yeah. That, that would have been cool. O L D S P U L old spool. Old spool would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. I was gonna I was gonna buy it right taken? now if it's available. It's taken. It's taken. I just tried it on you the know what? DMV. My uh my license plate on my on my um Supra is Beust. Yeah, I saw so that, dude. That's <laughs> awesome with the in that's got a Jay Z in it, right? Yeah. It's uh, so badass. Yeah, and then my I've got an S C three hundred, which people call the poor man's supra yeah but that's like my daily and it's uh t-o-o-j-a-y-z so i got two jz on that and i was blown away that <laughs> but, no it's, spe- yeah, but it's spelled out that's awesome yeah where did the name chuckles come from the chuckles garage well that was an easy one so when i first started my shop it was right after my dad passed his name was chuck ah uh, well his name was charles everybody called him chuck and his, he was a police officer and his CB handle was Chuckles. That's all. So, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, well, Chuckles Garage. There we go. There Bam. Go. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think we've lost Tim. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, Tim was with us. He's 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 out. I you know he I just think, pieced out. I think he was uh, trying to make sure that we didn't you know uh, say anything really bad about Garrett, and we uh, we got well, trustworthy. Why would we do that? Well, you know, it's because it's us, and maybe we said something stupid, and. It's like calling Rolex a cheap watch, right? <laughs> maybe maybe he disowned us. Stuff. Maybe he trusts us. I don't know. We'll have to... I think I think Tim has turbo PTSD. He just he's around turbos so much. So <laughs> we were talking to, to Tim. We were talking to Tim earlier about how many guys who just bolt turbos on with no real understanding of how they work or how you know, to size how, them, yeah, how to match kind of them, and all yeah. that. And I'm sure you've got to see that every day. Like, do you ever have oh, customers who 
who I've come seen in. The pro ranks. Yeah, do do they come in and they say argue with you about turbo size? You're like, no, trust me, this is what you want. And they're like, no, I saw this on the on the interwebs. Yeah, no, I just had a I just had a client come in and he's got like a four hundred and something inch all aluminum crazy built motor and his sixty seven Mustang and he wants to do twin turbos on it. Um, but he he's already bought the turbos and I asked him what oh. he bought. And he bought twin like seventy two millimeter turbos and I said that's cool if you want to make 2000 horsepower and have yeah, the power band of a yeah. freaking CR 500. So, you know, I talked him, I talked him into doing a, a couple, uh, uh, 66 mil Garrett units on it or not six, 62 millimeter Garrett units on it. And so is he going to bail the bigger turbos? Oh, he's just going to slap on eBay, try okay. to get his money back. Gotcha. But, that's funny. You, by the way, the power band of a CR 500. Yeah. Right. Dirt bike right. Talk yeah. Right no, there. for sure. Like, yeah. That's it. Power band lands for about lasts for about a second. Yeah, just enough to lift the yeah, front I tire. I still have my CR500. I love that bike. Those things are there's, there's a lot of guys who gas will tank ever. I think on that sucker. <laughs> there are guys who will never part with their 500s. It was always too tall for me. Oh. I couldn't even get my damn legs over the dam. I'd have to like lower <laughs> the suspension. <laughs> my favorite thing when I was younger. I've had the thing for a long time, but my favorite thing was letting my buddies ride it and just watch them loop out. <laughs> oh, just loop it. Oh yeah, every time. <laughs> I, I rode street bikes. I never rode uh, dirt bikes. And Honda had because you're lame. Yeah, anyway, well, no, because I was in four by fours and jeeps and stuff. And so Honda had invited us out at four wheeler to come do a uh, a drive or ride of the uh, two uh, CRF two thirty L, which is their little dual sport bike. Mm-hmm. And right. so they had a bunch of their Honda pro riders who were out leading the the group on four uh, hundreds and stuff and. And so they bought me all the gear. I got a nice helmet and boots. Dang. You know, the whole outfit for the whole thing, right? And so I talked to my, my street bike buddies who also dirt bike. And I said, what do I need to know? I've never dirt biked before. And they're like, well, don't wash out. If you're, you know, pin it. If you, if, you know, if you get scared, don't break, you know, throw throttle out. All right. So I rode all morning long. Hung with the number one guy. Oh, here comes the crash, and uh, yep. and we this went is everywhere. Where Rex comes in. <laughs> we do. We were going over, but I was just follow, doing what he was doing mm-hmm. and following him. Mm-hmm. We're just going over whoops, and we're going up, you know, big old hills out by Cal City, and we're going down hills at Cal City, and total having a great day, having a great day until until he asked me, "Hey, how long you been riding in the dirt? You're pretty good." And I went, "It's my first day." He goes, "You're kidding." I go. No, he goes, what the hell are you doing up here with me? I'm like, I don't know. And I lost all my confidence at that point. And as soon as the group started going again, it freaking washed out and crashed. <laughs> I was living I was living to that point. I was living my best life right it's there. It's all about confidence. It's all about confidence. So they started yep. second-guessing myself. And I, you know, just turned too sharp on, uh, you know, basically just a soft patch but around Randberg. So you didn't high-side it. You just went... Uh- no, I low, I low sided okay. and then got uh, almost run over by the guy next to me or behind me, and then I went, you know, <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. Um, and then I was a little sad after that. <laughs> uh, so what's the takeaway? Uh, don't talk to people. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just be confident in yourself and go out and yeah. do it. That's it. All right. So if people want to drool over uh, Scott's uh, wares, where do they go? At woman? Chuckles Garage on Instagram or yeah, Chuckles Garage. I kind of keep everything to Instagram because I can't stand Facebook anymore. So yeah, it's become um, too political for you. I, I just you know if I'm if I'm trying to geek out on the internet, I'm trying to like get my endorphins and be happy, not like read a bunch of uh, political posts and people We're trying trolls about their day. Or, and, yeah, yeah, so lame. And then also you have uh, at Old Smokey with a E Y F one. 
So at Old yeah, Smoky F One. <clears throat> yeah, Old Smoky F One and at Chuckles Garage on Instagram. And then of course ChucklesGarage.com if you're interested. You guys are up in yeah, like Santa Rosa? Yeah, my website's super lame. I like made it on Wix. It's just wet. <laughs> oh, wow. First one admits he used Wix. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, it it's so hurt. Yeah, I'm definitely not. I am, I am no web lord. <laughs> are you taking any more work or are you like, get away? I have no time for you. Uh, I'm booked out until way after Pikes Peak, so All right. I'll take work. But it's So summertime, be... if you've got a uh, two so, Jay Z so, no, no, swap no, no. and a Land Cruiser no, that no, you no, need. No, 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 no. So it's, it's window shop. Look, th- look through, the, through the glass of Instagram, <laughs> but don't call him. <laughs> Leave the man alone. He's yeah, busy. He's, <laughs> you, guys can call, you guys can call. I'll stack up the appointments, but it's going to be a year before I see anything. Okay. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think if I want to have a good shot, build my stuff, I'm waiting a while, right, Lightning? Yeah. yeah. You have been waiting yeah. Like a while. three, four years? Well, Scott doesn't know that, but yeah. you've been waiting quite a long time. It ain't going to get done. Uh, all right, Scott, you're the man. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. We're, we're wishing you all the luck in the world to uh, to beat the record. Yeah. if uh, I, I mean, when you do it, not if. we got to have you come back on because we want to hear, like, what that was like and how amazing the experience was. So we'll have you come it's back on. It's safe to say that you and I, Holman, won't do it. Ever. Why is that safe to say? Because I'm not going to break any records, but I drive up Pikes Peak. Oh yeah, I mean we'll go. We can get like a on my uh, CRF 230L. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just don't watch out. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know that on the real though, like just driving up at my rental car was far more horrifying than racing it. Really? Oh yeah. When I so when I first got there, you know I'm afraid of heights. I can't stand them. Like if I get on top of a ladder, I'm ready to get down. And I knew that, you know, there's heights there. It's it's freaking Pikes Peak. So I got a rental car and I drove up there. And the first thing I see halfway up is people like chickening out in their rental cars and turning around and going down. I'm like, (laughs) what? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And and my, and I'm just, and so I just push through and I'm driving and the, the higher I go up, the more I'm getting freaked out. I'm like, what have I done? What have I signed up for, and how do I tell my sponsors that I can't do this race? <laughs> oh. You know, after thinking about it a while, I was like, well, I can't think any good excuses why I can't do this race. So I, I guess just started, I'm in. Um, I just started getting real close to the edge in the rental car and driving fast and desensitizing myself. And the faster I went, the less scary it was. So I'm like, oh, I got this. <laughs> I hope you got the insurance on the rental car. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. That poor thing. It overheated a couple times. Oh, man. Well, uh, you sound like you're living your best you right now. So uh, congratulations on the success of the uh, of the shop and your racing. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, get that record so we can get you back on the show. That's right. Let's do it. All right, All right brother. Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Later. What? Holman, how are you feeling about reading some email? Let's do it. You email, yeah, I email, do it, we email, that's right, everybody email, type it up, you email, proofread, I email, send it, we email, click it, everybody email. So we're just going to let it fade out? Am I going or are you going? You're going. Oh, I'm going. Okay. Do it. Uh, road trip is the subject line from Don Happel, and uh, I think he's responding to our plea. Uh, we're looking for destinations like day day uh, long road trips, like yes. half day road trips, where uh, Holman and I can go to like uh, lunch in some podunk town and have a I don't know, have Not an adventure. Podunk. No, no, just have lunch somewhere at 
a place that represents your community that I can't have at anywhere else. Oh. Like a chain. Like I'm trying to avoid a chain. Like we're going to, it's a destination lunch. How about that? So I was insulting them. I think you might have. <laughs> okay, sorry insulting about that. Them. Uh, so Don suggests he's got two solid locations in NorCal for you boys, uh, meaning us. Uncle Tom's Cabin near Georgetown. This is a uh, must-stop one-room miner's cabin turned into bar. On the way to the Rubicon, assuming at least one of your Titans is 4x4, you can even run over and dip a toe into the Rubicon itself. I love the Rubicon. Yep, and then he says another one to check out is Foster's Bighorn in Rio Vista. Mm. Words can't describe. In the Sacramento Delta, this bar slash restaurant was founded by a fugitive from San Francisco. Ooh, I like this. Who went on to become a world-traveling big-game hunter. The bar is decorated with mounted game up to and including a giraffe and elephant heads. It's a must-see. Do it, says Don Happel, the guy who gave Holman too many clues for Know Your Notes with his NV2500 and Land Rover Discovery. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Put that in the save pile. Anything that has a a destination we want to save. That's going by the telephone. All right. I got one uh, here from our buddy Trevor. He says, can I interest y'all in a Mexican meat mountain? Why, yes. Yes, you can, Trevor. A Mexican meat mountain. That's what he says. He says, okay. having been born and raised in SoCal, I can say the Mexican food options are pretty damn strong. But we do have one great option up here in the Bay Area, and it consists of authentic Mexican food with a meat mountain dish. You just pick the amount of people, two, four, six, or eight, uh, would be four of us for the two of us, <laughs> and they okay. bring you a steaming hot pile of all the different meats. Or, pizza's your thing, one of the most winningest pizza places in the world, yes, world, is in San Francisco. And that's from our friend Trevor. Trevor, I will not step foot within the boundaries of San Francisco. I have no desire to go there. But if your Mexican meat mountain is uh, <laughs> just outside the city limits, I might add that to the uh, pile. Yeah, why do we hate the SF so much? Because I don't like stepping in poo. Yep. Calibrated Power Solutions question from Matt uh, Urban uh, Urban Awix. Urban Awix? How would you pronounce his last name? Look at that name right there. Urban Awix? Urbanowitz. 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 Wits. Oh, Urbanowitz. Sorry. Okay. What up, guys? Quick question about the interview with Calibrated Power Solutions. And I think we were talking to uh, Nick Pregnant. Nick, yes. I know you guys talked about the F-150 with the EcoBoost, which makes sense being a truck show. But does this program work on an expedition with the 3.5 EcoBoost? Having a larger family makes owning a truck difficult, so I have a large SUV instead. And I'd like to add performance to my expedition. But there appears to be little options available in the aftermarket. Keep on mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Thanks. Keep up the good work, Matt. Um, uh, funny you should ask. Yeah. I reached out to our friend Nick, and he said that the tune does indeed work on the EcoBoost uh, expeditions. Oh, good. Uh, another one. I guess you guys really like the calibrated uh, power solutions uh, episode because we've got one from Daniel Church here. He says, okay, boys. Just listen to the most recent episode and want to confirm my understanding. If I install a calibrated power tune on my 18F150 3.5 EcoBoost, I can select race mode, haul ass to my daughter's horse barn, hook up the 9,000-pound three-horse trailer fully laden, switch the tune to tow mode, tow all day, drop the trailer at the barn, return to race mode, and haul ass home. Is that correct? That's accurate, yes. No, it's not. It's not accurate. No, no, no. Uh, Nick told me that the vehicle has to be turned off to switch between tunes. It takes about five minutes. That's dumb. <laughs> That's I'm dumb. Just, I'm just telling you what Nick told me. 
anyway, so uh, Daniel continues. The 375, 470 is amazing as is. However, if I can maximize the full potential of the powertrain while remaining within the safety parameters. That the Ford team is set up. Boy, oh boy, would I love that. The 3.5 with the 10-speed is unreal powertrain as is. I've got 53,000 miles on her in just under two years. I've pulled horses over the Donner, done some burnouts with the trailer attached, gone off-roading. The truck has far exceeded my expectations at this point, and I do run 91 octane. I also drive a 12-speed, three-axle Volvo D13 as a daily driver. Nice. Well, actually, it's called work. And the big rig logic that has trickled down to these new half tons is readily apparent. More gears, transmissions that skip and select gears based on need, more torque at lower RPMs, etc. Oh, and on the topic of wives driving hot utes, just upgraded my wife to a 19 Cayenne S. 434 horsepower and 405 pound-feet of torque, respectively. I drive it once a week, at most, or else I'd be locked up with tickets. Mm, That's about it. Absolutely five stars. Five star review! Five stars! Mounting parameters sounds so sexy when my wife says it. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. And yeah, buddy. Hashtag yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, P.S. He says it's pronounced phonetically rip on. The I is not pronounced I. Hope that makes sense. So he's a truck driver and he's balling. Got Dude, a, freaking, a Volvo. Yeah. Dude, that's high end right Nobody's there. Nobody's got a Cayenne for his wife. He's doing all right. He's, yeah, what's up? Well, he, he sent me a list of, by the way, he says, enlighten. There's something going on a little more than just a truck Well, driver. check this out. Okay, so he says, enlightening, please don't ever say F-150s aren't modified. Shake my head. Come on, dude. Yeah, he's the one guy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he sends me a picture of stuff. He's got a whole slew of uh, F-150s and his big old Volvo. Oh, let me see here. And okay. here's the Cayenne. Good-looking Cayenne. Uh, I hope he's a good-looking dude because his wife's running off with somebody. Hey, he's got a lot of F-150s that are all bone stock right there. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, yeah, those are totally bone no. stock. Stock no. wheels, stock tires, stock suspension. No. All right, your turn. Yeah. 2020 Chevy 3500 HD from JJ. Uh, hey, Lightning and Holman, longtime podcast listener, first-time emailer. Do you know where that came from? Uh, Long time listener, first time yeah. caller. Tom, Tom Likas. Tom, Tom Likas, KFI AM 640. <laughs> Flash Friday, everybody. Right. So the uh, yeah, the 20% of audience in Los Angeles, California. Nobody got that. that. You know, no, KFI was like a blowtorch station. Like you could hear it all the way up to Montana. Blowtorch, baby. Yeah. Not a clear channel? You skip across the ionosphere. You could hear it states, states across. States far, states, stateside. <laughs> I don't know who states something. Reading emails. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it says after a couple of issues uh, with his low mileage 2015 3500 HD, my dad decided to trade it in for a 2020 High Country today. If you were to drive one off the lot today, what would you be ordering for mods tomorrow? The truck's only used to pull his 32-foot gooseneck car trailer to haul my late mom's 71 Chevelle to shows. Uh, try not to peg the suckage meter too much on this five-star show. Five-star review! Five-star! JJ Fig from Maryland. Okay, so what mods, Holman, are we going to do to this uh, 2020 high country? Leave it alone and enjoy it, because uh, unlike all the other 2020 Chevys, that one has the good front end that looks nice. I'm going to do a BDS coilover conversion kit. So I'm going to get it up a couple of inches, and I'm going to put a good set of 35s on it. Okay, that's fair. That's what I'm doing. But I, you're not even going to put a uh, Banks Derringer tuner I, on it. I mean, that's uh, your opening. I mean, I should, but I just well, I, Mr. L5P sitting somebody, across the table from me. Somebody wrote me 
an email or where did I read it? It was earlier today, uh-huh. and they said they, it was a comment about like the fact that I always mentioned banks on the show. Oh, they did. Yeah, they that's did. awesome. And I felt I'm like, dude, it has. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Huh? I'm just saying. Like, I'm not going on. L5P, go get a dairy. Yeah, I'm fine the, with yeah, it. I mean, this is an honest answer to the question. It's a good. I would, 2020, I would, you're putting a Derringer in. You're going to get 81 extra horsepower and 140 pound feet of torque. I'd put a uh, diff cover on it. We don't have one for the 2020. Well, yet. that's a mistake. Yep. And we, we don't have the, the uh, Ram Air intake either. Well, well we I, will. I won't be putting those parts on. I'll find those in the aftermarket. But you, should get, you can't. No one makes them. We're going to be uh, the first and the best, like always. All right. Well, Jeremy- uh, No, we're not always the first. We are the best, though. Well, that's like our friends at AEV. Don't be the first. Yeah. Make Be the best. Have the reputation. People have been waiting for Prospector and JL and Bison Parts forever, but they're like, listen, we aren't the first, and I like that about them. They're not going to rush the the development- uh, for demand. They're going to make yeah. sure they get the product right Gale is in no hurry to be the yeah. first. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeremy from Canada, uh, Jeremy Whaley, says, uh, Just finished listening to episode 109, the Heavy D episode. Loved hearing about the new technology from Nikola and Heavy D's new venture. I'm not an electric truck guy by any means, but this thing got my attention. It looks like a cross between the Ram and the Tacoma, my two favorite production trucks. And with 906 horsepower, 980 pound-feet of torque, and a 2.9 seconds, 0 to 60... Hmm. Can't wait to hear more about the Badger and from Heavy D again. Was hoping in a future episode you might have Grease Car and maybe have a Veggie Oil Conversion episode. Thanks and keep on uh, truck showing. That was from our friend Jeremy from Canada. All right. Uh, Cyber Truck, a little more like Death Truck, says uh, Matt Kane. Hey, Lightning and Holman or Holman and Lightning. It's Lightning and Holman. A problem with the Cyber Truck that I have yet to hear anyone bring up is if you have to crash a Tesla Cybertruck, can a fire department cut through the quote-unquote ultra-hard metal with the jaws of life? Also, can first responders break the armored glass to help you when they're just using normal glass-breaking tools, or will they need a special tool for this? Just for thought, love your guys' show, Matt Cain. All right, so stainless steel, not nearly as hard and or rigid and or heavy as everyone thinks. Uh, but it also, uh, <sighs> I think you can break the windows as they uh, demonstrated on stage. With a, uh, yeah, <laughs> with a with big a, iron ball? Or with a, probably a baseball <laughs> for that matter. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he brings up some good points. Uh, the interesting thing is I had some engineers from an OE question uh, the choice of the stainless steel mm-hmm. because it doesn't crash as, I guess, uh, not easily, but it doesn't deform as predictably as other metals. Right. And so their concern was interesting that that's what he chose to do because it's not the best in terms of you know crash standards today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a friend of mine is a uh, fire captain, and uh, I have seen the Jaws of Life uh, in action um, on a, just a test vehicle that they've got. Uh-huh, that's pretty amazing. And no problem going through stainless. Yeah. No issues at all. So if they're going to bust those things out, just it's going to pry it open like a tin can. Uh, it's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, and who knows? Maybe it'll be the front windows are armored and the rear ones. It is weird that so I work with a, um, a for a long time. One of my best friends was a fabricator and dealt mainly in stainless steel and kind of more rare metals, brass and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But did a, did a lot of uh, public art with stainless steel. Okay, and he was always he was complaining that other people just assumed stainless was so much heavier, so much harder to work with. And he's like, it's just not. It's just not. Stainless steel is only like five or six percent heavier than uh, carbon steel. It's just so it's it's not nearly as heavy as people think it is. All right. 
Uh, we got one here from uh, Nate Murado. He says, high school industrial tech fundraiser. Hi, guys. I wanted to let you know I love the show and love when you guys talk about vocational schools. Every time I hear you guys talk about it, I always mean to send you this email, but never do. I wanted to let you know that some local guys from my town helped put on a car, truck, motorcycle show in Pacifica, California. We raised money for the local high school industrial tech program, which is one of the last schools in the area with a wood shop and an auto shop. Over the last 13 years, we've raised over $110,000 for the shops, and without our show, the shops would have closed a long time ago. I'm wondering if you guys would be able to give us a shout-out on Instagram or talk about it on the show. Well, here you go, Nick. He says, our show is going to be held May 16th, 2020 at Terra Nova High School in Pacifica, California. Uh, and he says, I really appreciate how you guys support vocational schools. Thank you, guys. And five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And if you're looking for more information, he has at TN underscore car show. At TN underscore car show. And that's it for uh, Inbox, this, uh, this show. 111. Holman, I am exhausted. Ah, me too. Long day of uh, doing awesome truck things all day long. But uh, we didn't even do the work. Our guests did. <laughs> the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. Well, if you want to know more about the truck show podcast or interact with us, head over to our Instagram or Facebook pages at truck show podcast, or of course on Twitter at truck podcast. Send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love, wow, did you hear? I was yeah, like, puberty. Was like, what was what happened? And I would love there you go. a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please. And five also, star would, five-star would make a, 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 it would make us happy. And don't forget to hit us up on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And, of course, mark your calendars. Head over to Facebook for our listener meetup event, March 7th and 8th at the OC Fairgrounds and the Expo Center. It always seems weird. I don't know. It's just the OC Fair. It's OC Fairgrounds. That's it, right? Yeah, that's all right. It. Anyway, head over to uh, fourwheeler.com, click on Adventure Expo under the Events tab, and you can pre-register for tickets to come join us Saturday, March 7th at 10 a.m. at the main stage and use Truck Podcast uh, and get a discount on pre-registration and your tickets. And we're going to have a uh, Truck Show Podcast t-shirts. The infamous... And stickers. I know you guys think they're non-existent, but we really are bringing... We have uh, a box. A couple of... Is it, I thought we have two cases. Don't I, we have two cases? I, I mean, I gave some to some homeless guys who Don't were cold. No, you didn't. I might have. Did uh, you my really? dog, My dog's bed was uh, ripped, and so she needed a place to, to lay down, so I threw some t-shirts down. My wife was washing her car. She needed a chamois, didn't have one. Truck Show Podcast are, shirt. Are you seriously? I know you're joking, but don't joke about devaluing our shirts. No, they are actually better value because they were sitting in a box, and now they're making my dog comfortable. They're no. making my wife's car clean. This is not even funny. I changed the oil, and the best part hey. is they're black shirts, hey, hey, so hey. when you change the oil, you can't hey, even see. Hey, hey Douchey Van Berenstein, um, I paid for those. I bought those shirts. Why are they in my garage? Because I couldn't I feel, put them. I moved to a, to listen, a freaking small house. Listen, That's why. abandoned property. I can do what I want. I gave one to the mailman. I get it. That's you're now you're pissing off our <laughs> listeners. So I'm ready to give them to the listeners too. What you have left? Just send a self-addressed envelope uh, to uh, eight thirty one South Douglas. No, not even an envelope. Don't it's got to be a self-addressed box. No, don't do that. box. Just meet us at freaking Orange County Fairgrounds or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, the OC Fair OC and Fair. Expo Center. Yeah, in Costa Mesa, California. Well, we got through that barely. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> just barely. The show was it was it was okay. No, it was great. Brian Loans, okay. awesome. 
Tim Colty? God damn Killer. it. Damn it. Guys, I seen the suckage meter. Mm -hmm. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Again. No, disagree. Again. Yes, we did. No way. It was we all, didn't this even was get awesome to, show. We didn't even get the Nissan plug in yet. Uh, well, yeah, because you're yelling and stuff at people. Uh, all I know is that uh, Scott Birdsall? Yeah. Dude. Sure, I'm jealous. I want to go drop my uh, F-100 off with him. <laughs> Do something <laughs> well, with it. Yeah, next year. How, maybe, if how, you're lucky. <laughs> how could this show have gotten any better? Uh, well, you could have eliminated you and I. Oh, no, we need somebody to push the buttons and call people. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, after all this, it's probably the time to thank Nissan for sticking it out with us. Yeah. They, uh, they apparently still love us. I don't think you're capable of, of doing this job. I don't. I think we need Billy Bargain. <laughs> I think we need someone fresh and new to talk about Nissan. You know what I'm saying? Are you feeling it? Open the door and let him in! Come on in! Oh yeah, I've been waiting so long for this! Woohoo! Light up the mic! Light him up! Hey, Billy. Welcome to the show. It's been a while. It is, Billy. How you doing? Billy Bargain, stepping up to the microphone. Well, hi, man. I did a whole bit. It's been so long since I've been to the Truck Show Podcast. I'm so glad you invited me back. Come on down to Bargain Billy's Nissan dealership, and you can get yourself a 2020 Nissan Titan Titan XD. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. It's on sale right now. Come pick it up. We just got a fresh, new, brand-new truck shipment of Nissan Titan. Oh, by the way, 5.6-liter Endurance Free 8. You got yourself Titan boxes, brand bed liner, panoramic sunroof. Oh, yeah, and those zero-gravity seats with that ultra-soft leather. How about the Fender Audio? You got the Fender Audio in there, Billy? I can't hear you lighting. My Fender Audio is way too tall. High right now. I can't hear anything you're saying. It's got great noise cancellation for your passenger in that way. Oh, and oh, while I'm at it, I'm going to talk to you about deck. Deck.com. They've been supporting me over at my little Drokorama for years now. Love those guys. I you did not know that you were a whole hog in one of them drawers. I didn't know you were a deck specialist. Absolutely, Lightning. We put decks in vans, we put decks in mini trucks, and we put deck systems in Nissan Titans. Oh, by the way, in Nova, I've got all sorts of used cars coming in. None of them, none of them are Nissans, but the ones that come in often have a check engine light. And you know what we do? We pull off that black electrical tape and we clear the coat with an Innova. Innova.com OBG scanner or dongle with software that you can have on your Android phone or your iPhone. It's like having an automotive technician at your truck or ammo. I have never seen anyone's face so red. <laughs> hey, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, I'm going to go home now. <laughs>